Coming to you from the X-Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this John of All Trades podcast promo. Each Wednesday, I bring you a brand new interview with someone fascinating and ask the question we all ask when we meet someone new. Hey, what do you do? It's fun, informative, and it's the 2017 Westward Reader's Choice Award winner for Best Denver Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and johnofalltrades.us. Hey, Real Nerds. There's many ways to enjoy the Real Nerds podcast. You can listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and now Spotify and iHeartRadio. You can see what we're up to around town by following us at Real Nerds on Instagram. And if you want to send us your thoughts, you can email us at realnerds at gmail.com or call us at 720-6NERDS5. Like us on Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast or tweet us at Real Nerds. And now on with the show. Hi, this is Ed Kramer, CGI artist from Industrial Light and Magic. I worked on the Scarabs from The Mummy, the Rock Monster from Galaxy Quest, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Pop Culture Con 2020, and also voted by Denver Westward as one of the top 10 nerdtastic podcasts in Denver. I'm Ryan. With me is Brad and Zach. And this is a special edition, guys. What are we doing? We're watching the Oscars live. Oh, man. Uh, I know. Brad doesn't like them. I think they're fun. I think they're fun, too. So, and this will be interesting. Wow, there's dancing jokers on screen right now. Oh, somebody's getting shot in the face. Oh, wow. But the talented Janelle Monet is on. Yes, exactly. And she was originally singing uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and now she is doing a she's a, dance number. She's wonderful in uh, Hidden Figures. Oh, Trisha Ronan looks really impressed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so what are we going to do? What, like, what's different? What are we doing here? So we'll still be doing our normal show. Okay. But we will also be talking about the Oscars live as they happen, and we'll be so witty. Yes. And everyone would say, oh, man, these, they should do this every year. Yes, exactly. Edit it for content. We will be the uh, the arbiters of taste this evening for the Academy Awards, as they are yeah. so forth. There's some other guy. I don't know who that is. Laura, who is that? I don't know who that is. I'm not sure. It looks like someone she'd know. I don't know, but. Well, if there's a lot of flowers on that piano, that means midsummer's happening and everyone should get out <laughs> now. <laughs> I love Shit's how, about to go down. I love how you mentioned two great horror films in the same sentence. <laughs> um, These yeah. dogs are really sniffing out those pizza rolls. Oh, yeah. So people are wearing the Us jumpsuits in the background there. That's a, This is an interesting dance number. So we also, before the show, we, uh, we, we went through the categories and we made our own predictions of what will win and what we ourselves had we given been given the opportunity to choose what we would have picked to give oscars to so the correct awards is what you're telling yeah, us. yeah. well i still played it as which ones only the ones that were nominated because brad asked me why i didn't pick robert downey jr well the real reason too is robert downey jr has been given the nerdy's lifetime achievement award so something way more prestigious yeah, yeah. and when those are separate awards we'll be doing those on another show so yeah. lots, of, lots of categories you guys are going to have fun listening to all of those but i figured you know if you're going to give the option of, like, what would you pick, like, why limit it to what the Oscar nominated? So, so. we so we know that Brad Pitt's going to win because he's in the front row. <laughs> Everyone in the front row is going to win. Because yes. I've seen Tom Hanks down there and yeah, Margot Robbie. Yeah, there's Charlize Theron. 
You know what? I want to say right off the bat, all the women and guys look great tonight. (laughs) Um, It appears that Tom Hanks is wearing an Armani suit that's cut very nice. Ooh, Armani. Yeah. And then there's also some Versace and some, um, I don't know any other designers. (laughs) Some some Calvin Klein, it looks like, out there. Uh, Look, there's some Gap jeans right there in the corner. Yep. So uh, Penelope Cruz, I don't remember if she's nominated for anything. She is not nominated for anything this year. Maybe is she presenting this year? Yeah. Wait a minute. Maybe Leo's going to win. He's on the edge. No, he's a best leading actor. (laughs) So who? Brie Larson. Brie Larson. (laughs) Is there a host for this show this year? No. No, it's a a hostless show again this year. You know why I love Brie Larson? It's because she always shows cleavage. (laughs) This intro is still going on, huh? Yep. All right, so... We are still doing a podcast. Yes, yep. exactly. We still have uh, the normal, traditional uh, duties of Real Nerds Podcast. So, yeah. So, interspliced with uh, the reactions of the categories live, we'll be doing our normal one where we talk about movie news, movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, what we've been watching, and our movie of the week, which is Birds of Prey. Yes. And the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. So, yeah. So, stay tuned to the end of the show. We will tell you if you should see the film or not, play the trailer, then spoil the movie. Um, I got us fancy pizza rolls, guys. These are triple pepperonis. Careful, they're hot. Um, you know, I, I could have got normal pepperoni, but I was like, you know what? This is an award show. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead splurge. and... Splurge. So splurge. Be fancy about it. Yeah. So I'm going to hang out a little bit because I think they do the best supporting actress really early or actor. One of the two supportings, yeah. And then... Um, oh, there's fire coming out of the back of the stage. Oh, 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 uh, those people. Those ones. So if, you, if you're DVRing it, just listen to us comment over it. And Brad Pitt's hands. Oh, Antonio Banderas. It's like they're in the living room with us. <laughs> I could do Ryan Seacrest's job. But when they're introducing this, they had like a cue card, and I could read the cue card. He literally was reading the cue card, introducing Charlie Theron. Ooh, Steve Martin and Chris Rock. <laughs> you never touch a black man's microphone. Have they ever worked together? No, I think so. That'd be cool if they did. They are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yep. they were well, they were both previous hosts too. Fun fact. Yeah. So, hey, Brad. Before, while, while they're talking, why don't you take us around town in a segment we call "Around Town with Brad"? Hey, film buddies, follow me around Denver. Midnight at the Esquire this week is Candyman. Ooh, that's a good movie. Candyman. Um, that's Candy February fourteenth and fifteenth. So, oh, that's kind of cool for Valentine's Day. <laughs> because no, it's the horror film deals with a lot of love and lost love. Yeah, yeah. tortured love. Well, that's weird because uh, the following week, February twenty first and twenty second is the Princess Bride. Mm. Um, so both are appropriate for Valentine's Day. I'd like to do Candyman, but maybe it will be the. I've never new seen it, transfer. so I might see it. it. Might be the new transfer that they did for the Screen Factory. Maybe they were able to get. You that should print. see it, Brad. It's a good one. Yeah. yeah, Tony Todd B. Yeah, hella so, scary. In that so that's what's going on this week. Right on. Awesome. Awesome. You know what? Movies also come out on Blu-ray in a segment we call What's Coming Out This Week? DVD releases and Blu-rays. This week's actually packed with Blu-ray stuff. Uh, Ryan, we're finally getting Scream Factory's own release of My Bloody Valentine Mm. from 1981. Um, Up till now, the most recent version you could get was like an out-of-print Lionsgate one, so... Now you can get that. Um, the big new releases of the week are going to be Ford v, v, Ford v Ferrari, which, oddly enough, a nominee for tonight. 
Um, it's coming out on 4K Blu-ray and Steelbook. That Steelbook looks badass as I'm looking at it right looks now. Looks like an impressionist Steelbook. It looks like it's a painting. Yeah. But the cars are going so fast, they're streaking. Exactly. They're, oh, they're, the, the cars are nude? They're streaking. They're nude. Uh, there's a there's a uh, 4K of Shutter Island, uh, a Shutter Island 4K that you can uh, pick up, and uh, the artwork's actually pretty cool, more cool than boring. No, the artwork's better than it's been for the actual posters. Like I'm talking about the movie. Oh, you don't like the movie? Oh, it's a fun movie. Why is Jeff Bezos a guest? Oh, that's because he owns Amazon Studios. That's so funny. What they make? I just told that Shutter Island is boring, and then they showed a picture of Martin Scorsese. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the complete series or the complete one season of Swamp Thing is coming to Blu-ray. Um, Kino Lober's putting out a Transylvania 65,000. Um, mm. You can check that out. Um, let's see. Uh, Takashi Miike's First Love coming to Blu-ray. Um, Roma is finally, finally coming to Criterion, and that's the first of many Netflix movies that will be coming to Criterion. Amongst uh, others will be The Irishman. And- I've never heard you talk this fast before, Zach. Yeah. Are you are you trying to? Are you really excited to watch the Oscars? I am. It's like it's a tradition for me as well. Mm. <laughs> so I I do like it. I mean, because usually you'd be like, you know, making this drag out really long, and I like it. Don't stop him. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's something called Terror Firmer. Uh, I have it's no a trauma idea. film. Yeah. Oh, oh, it is. Oh, is it, oh, it is. with like it's directed by the land? land. Yeah. <laughs> Take a look at the poster, Ryan. It's pretty neat. Like, looks like devilish mm. things are happening, right? Yeah, it looks like it was photoshopped by me. Yeah, shittily. <laughs> it's a trauma film. <laughs> um, uh, there's one of those video cassette reliefs of the movie Vibes with Sydney Lopper. You can check that out. Um, and there's also a video, uh, a video cover for When a Stranger Calls uh, from 1979. I actually want that. That, that is an interesting movie. Yeah. It's, uh, that's the first one where it's uh, – well, no, the Black Christmas is the one where they first mm-hmm. do call, callers, uh, calls coming from inside the house. Uh, and uh, Grave of the Fireflies from 1988 is, uh, I guess, getting reissued on Blu-ray, or is this a first Brad time? Brad loves that time? movie. Yeah. yeah well, it's a depressing <laughs> one, isn't it? I mean uh, – I, I appreciate its artistic <laughs> significance. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm no, you watching it. it often. You love it. Uh, Kino Lobar is also putting out the Sting 2, so you can complete your Sting <laughs> Every Blu-ray time collection. I hear there's a Sting 2, I forget that there's a Sting 2, and it's better that way. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but here's the question. Did you need to know it? <laughs> We're stinging harder. It, that would have been a great tag for <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, you can complete your Sting collection if that's something. That the reason I say it doesn't exist is because the Sting is such an amazing movie. It doesn't need a sequel. No. It, they, they made their point in the first one. Um, and also, like, it, it, there's nobody from the first one in it. It's like Jackie Gleason in it. So, mm-hmm. um, Guys and Dolls is coming to Archive, uh, Warner Archive. You can check that okay, out. Okay, guys, we have the first uh, uh, t- What's coming nomination. Up? I don't know. Oh, I got to read I think it's Best Supporting it. act, Actor in a Supporting Role. Yeah, because uh, Regina Hall is coming out. Supporting to Actor in a well, actress? Regina King, sorry. Oh, Actor. Okay, so... So, so the, what is the big consensus on this one, Brad? Okay, so it looks like, um, as far as what we think among the nerds is going to win, most of us chose Brad Pitt. Uh, for wanted to win, it's very evenly divided. Um, pretty split between Brad Pitt, Sam Rockwell, Tom Hanks, Al Pacino. No one really wrote in anybody. Oh, Sam Rockwell. No. Yeah, he's a writer, right? He would have been because he wasn't nominated. Yeah, that's a James Ryden. Tom Hanks is amazing in Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess we got some time. So um, Ryan went with, he thinks Brad Pitt's going to win, and he also chose him to win. That's who he would have picked. Mm-hmm. 
James thinks Joe Pesci's going to get it. <laughs> no, um, he's optimistic. But, but he wrote in Sam Rockwell. Um, I went with Brad Pitt's probably going to get it, but I would have actually gone with Tom Hanks. Nice. Um, uh, Zach went with Brad Pitt in both. Uh, Henry went with Brad Pitt. He's going to win it. And he would rather give it to Al Pacino. And then Corinne chose Al Pacino to win it, but she would give it to Tom Hanks as well. Oh, this is such an amazing song. Oh, God, Pitt. yeah. I know James hates Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but that movie's pretty good. No, it's interesting. No, I was reading easy, um, yeah. one of the uh, uh, brutally honest ballots from the producer, and he said the same thing about the Irish man. I said, it's like, it's really boring, and it doesn't really. I read prove that one anything. too. Yeah. <laughs> You know what's awesome with Tom Hanks is he's been married to Rita Wilson for like 30 years. Yeah. I mean, I'd marry Tom Hanks. He seems like really cool to hang out with. <laughs> yeah. And see, Brad Pitt brought his mom. He deserves to win. There we mm-hmm. go. Good for you, Pitty. Is this his first win? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's his first nomination, too. No, no. Because his first. Yeah. Well, no, I think it's his third. His first nomination was 12 Monkeys back in 95. Mm. All right. So uh, that puts us uh, James, Brad, Zach and Henry ahead of James and Corinne, as far as scoring goes. His speeches have been really hilarious this award season. All right. So that's our first award of the evening, Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, so first one, not a lot of surprises. Yeah, no. I mean, but well-deserved. Yeah. Well-deserved. That is a great role for him. Uh, so where were we? We were, we were still talking about movies coming out? Yeah, we were still uh, talking a bit about Blu-rays. There's not that much more other than that. Uh, uh, Hudson Hawk. <laughs> Wait, Hudson Hawk's coming? I didn't see that on here at all. Fifi, Ball Ball. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the video one. Yeah. Okay, right on. Um, and then um, Heart Beeps is coming to Kino Lobor <laughs> Blu-ray. I've never seen this. Ryan, have you seen this? It's uh, Andy Kaufman. Uh, they were just talking about it on this other movie yeah. podcast I listened to. Yeah. it's a, it, it, I mean, I, I I like Andy Kaufman, but I never really About a robot comedian. Movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing that Andy Kaufman's the lead makes me want to watch this. Um Lynn Kino Lober is also putting out uh, Legal Eagles. Uh, it's one of my favorite posters to look at. I've never seen the movie. Uh, Legal, e- Legal Eagle, fun fact, Rod Stewart scored a top 10 hit with Love Touch for that movie. Oh, really? Let's check this out. I just like this poster because Robert Redford looks like he's having an uncomfortable time on that desk. A song that Rod Stewart hates so much that he refuses to sing it live. And because it's so dorky, <laughs> the chorus goes, ooh, you're going to get a, ooh, you're going to get a big love touch. And um, th- yeah, I probably wouldn't sing it. The either. only like uh, time he ever performed it live because people asked him because it was a number six hit. Is he went out as a concert in New Jersey, and the song started, and then he stopped it, and then sang a different song. <laughs> um, and then that's Blu-rays. Uh, not much else um, other than just reissues. Cool. Yeah. Movie news. It's real news. Um, since we're watching an award show, I think the first news segment uh, should cover uh, Uncut Gems winning Best Actor at the Independence Beer Awards and Adam Sandler's amazing speech. Oh, yeah. His speech was amazing. <laughs> Just very inspiring, but also uh, he had no problem calling the Academy uh, Awards a uh, bunch of featherhead douchebags. Which, <laughs> Motherfuckers. Uh, interesting. So, so he went and guaranteed that he's never going to win an award now? Yeah, yeah he, no. he pulled a Cary Grant. I mean, I like the Oscars, but he's right. There's, Holy shit. They're, they're, them snubbing him is is not correct. So That's um, a that's a phone that folds in half. 
Yeah, yeah. they've been trying to do that for a while, and um, they were having it's problems real now. with it. Yeah. And that's a floating hamburger. Um, that's the world I want to live in. Uh, I want to live in that world with you. Remember in The Simpsons where Homer's in space and he's eating the chips mm-hmm. like that? That's what this was reminding me of. He saves the crew by eating those chips. Yeah, I've been having a lot of fun watching The Simpsons. Kellen's been watching them with me. And that show is so smart. Uh, I just watched Lisa versus Malibu Stacy. That one is brilliant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the one where she gets to design her own Malibu mm-hmm. Stacy doll. Um, but uh... <laughs> Malibu Stacy says stuff like, thinking is hard. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then uh, in other news, Ryan, uh, it looks like Universal is going to make a movie called The Monster Mash, and it's just going to be an adaptation of the song The Monster Mash. Nice. I'm all, I'm so interested in this because I'm like, cool, just give me a bunch of monsters in one room, like having them duke it out. Don't try to create a universe for me. <laughs> just put them all in one room right now. This is a situation where you can do that, um, and it'll totally work. But, um, yeah, so no, de- no real plot details, um, just uh, – just an announcement. Um, and uh, we got our directors for the next Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot. It'll be Ryan and Andy Tohill, uh, who are behind the movie uh, The Dig, which is a 2018 British-Irish film. Um, Fidi Alvarez is producing this reboot. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what... Uh, I mean, it's only been rebooted four times, so... Yeah, but, I mean, I, I like Fidi Alvarez, and I would trust his taste to maybe yeah. take a chance on it. They make uh, it brutal. It'll be awesome. Yeah. Um, and then this has been kind of in the works, but it has been officially confirmed that the Knives Out sequel will be happening and that um, it is imminent. So, um, uh, yeah, we're getting some more Daniel Craig as a smooth talking Southern detective. Uh, they better call it Kentucky Fried CIS, C- CSI, CSI, Kentucky yeah. Fried. That'd be uh, awesome. CSI KFC. <laughs> Um, oh, another award. I love his introduction to that movie, too. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> so this next one, she's presenting animated feature film. You might know Mindy Kaling from Inside Out. All right. As far as uh, what the real nerds picked, um, James, Ryan, myself, and Henry are all expect Toy Story 4 to take the top prize. Um, Zach and Corinne are going for Klaus. Um, what we would have picked, uh, James and Ryan went with Toy Story 4, uh, me and Zach went with Missing Link, Henry went with Frozen 2, and Corinne went with How to Train Your Dragon. Toy Story 4 is amazing. Man, it's amazing that Pixar can always constantly update their... I went with Missing Link just because I wanted Laika to finally get some recognition. Oh, wow. Toy Story 4 did win. Good for that. Yeah. No, Missing Link is amazing. Yeah. Has... Has Leica won any best? Anime? They haven't, and this yeah. would have been a good year for them to win because this is one of their. Yeah. Like, it's like it, it's not that it's more accessible. It's just like it's the most family friendly thing they've made. Like it's the least dark, I guess. Yeah, and Toy Story Four is great. Don't get me wrong. I just, I just want to like it finally because, you know, they make their movie with a computer, and then Leica has to do that by hand. And I mean, they use some computer stuff, but not as much as Pixar does. Yeah. Honestly, it, it's always going to be hard for them to break through through Pixar because not only is Pixar continuing to make amazing films, it's they're so well known. And we also know that the Academy, not everybody watches every movie, which if you got them sent to you for free, why don't we just watch them? Yeah. Um, I was actually surprised. Like Pixar hasn't just been like cleaning house every year lately. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I expected missing like might have a chances because I think a Netflix one last one last year and 
Well, um, and, I, and it sounded like Klaus was on track to win this year, but apparently not, as we're finding out. Yeah. I don't know if the brutally honest one said it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and both of them, I think, were not impressed with Klaus. So Usually if you get one or two of those brutally honest ones where they agree yeah. on stuff, they usually pan out that way. I've read a couple. Like Some, some of them I, I, I outright detest. Uh, we're going to go right into a short film, Animated Brad. Okay, under animated short, it looks like most of the nerds picked, uh, expect Hair Love to take it, but uh, Corinne picks Sister, and Ryan's going with Kitbull. Yeah, Kitbull's from the Pixar like animation development program. Yeah, as far as what we would have picked, uh, Ryan echoes the same thing he chose for. Oh, here we go. And the winner is Hair Love. There we go. Yeah, I I did not know any of them, so I did I left mine blank. But yeah, Ryan. Ryan just lost. Like Ryan, this is Ryan's first whiff oh, in the category. Ryan, I trusted you to have all the answers. <laughs> the one thing I do love is the people like this who worked really hard and win. You can tell that it means a lot to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, a, wait a call back a gaff from how many years ago? <laughs> it still, it still hurts though. That, like, how do you misread? <laughs> like that I can't name? believe you guys are still. Calling me out on that, right, John? John, it was your own damn fault. <laughs> you know, I, I watched that um, Moonlight La La Land Best Picture flub for the first time, like a, a recording of it, and it really looks like Warren Beatty and uh, what's her name, Faye Dunaway. Faye Dunaway tried to give it to La La Land. Like that's the way, it re- like when you just watch it, the way it reads. Yeah, I mean, it just it just doesn't look good all around, and like. When like, you read more about it, it's just... Like, when Warren Beatty opens the envelope, like, they play it off as, like, he just can't read it. Mm. But if, the look on his face looks like, ugh, Moonlight. <laughs> and then Faye Dunaway has this almost similar expression. And then, yeah, I'm like, how does that happen? Yeah. Like, the envelope people literally have one job. Yeah. Uh, Netflix is turning off the autoplay function. Or at least you will have the option now to turn off the autoplay I function. I did it. You did? <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> Yeah, so no longer will things just start automatically before I decide what I want to do. I know, do. half the time like, I get to the end of my movie, I'm like, oh, I want to find out like what the credits are. Oh, it's under this like ad yeah. for whatever TV show that they're trying to promote. Um, and so the the biggest piece of news probably of the week, hands down, um, it, I, I can't read. It's, it's not saying anywhere if it's absolutely 100% confirmed, but Ryan, the, Sam Raimi may be directing the next Doctor Strange movie. I think if they're going to go from Scott Derrickson, that's the perfect person to do it. That is the logical step. I agree. And I, I was reading in, uh, I don't know if you read the article on Variety. I guess he's been, they've been asking him to do a Marvel movie for a little bit. Really? And he was kind of playing coy and he wanted to produce, because Raimi has actually directed a movie since 2013 as Oz the Great and Powerful. Yeah. He did uh, a couple episodes. He did one episode of Ash vs. Evil Dead and a couple other TV stuff. He did the pilot for Evil Dead, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. But I guess because he went straight from Spider-Man 3 where he's having, you know, issues production-wise. And then he had problems with Oz as well. Yeah. Watch he starts directing uh, Doctor Strange and then Sony comes in, buys out Disney, and then ruins (laughs) his life again. No, no! And, you know, Sam Raimi's so cool. He never said that, you know, it was ever a problem. He just... It was just hard because, you know, they're mandating them to throw in Venom. And he says, well, I already wrote a movie without him in it. Where do I put him? Right. And then they made him get rid of a vulture. And then with Oz, it was just more of, hey, we're trying to do a new Wizard of Oz franchise. 
and we need your help launching it. Yeah. Well, the, so the good news with this is that he, at the very least, what Scott Derrickson may have been setting up from the horror realm might still continue within this. It well, does say that there's been some rewrites going on. I will say that Sam Raimi is really adept at directing horror and softening the blow, yeah. but he can also make it horrendous. Yeah, it's I'm not saying. like it's not straight horror. It's mm-hmm. more just like it's 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 terrifying. It's mm-hmm. like a, like how Disney does things sometimes. Yeah. Um. Like there's scary stuff in Spider-Man one and two, and well, the, I three's got a lot of. Oh, stuff I mean Spider-Man two when Doc Ock comes alive is straight out of Evil Dead. Too. Oh yeah, and of course, like Willem Dafoe's whole face is a horror film in <laughs> Spider-Man one. I mean, wow! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Willem Dafoe well, is right have there. Cancel, hey. Have to cancel our interview with Willem Dafoe next week. Hey, 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 hey! You know what? You He's know in what the you, audience. He can hear you. You know what you could always do, Ryan? Avenge him! <laughs> I will. <laughs> Um, and, um, we had, a we had four people kick the bucket <laughs> this week and it's, uh, it's not hilarious. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's not funny because they're dead. It's just like, man, like boom, 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 boom. Like it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's usually it's in threes, but this week it's in fours. Um, uh, Kevin Conway, veteran actor who was in stuff like Oz, Gettysburg and Star Trek passed away. I literally yeah. watched him in something this week. What'd you, Oh, we'll find He's out in later. Funhouse. <laughs> oh, that's right. Shoot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's uh, dead uh, at seventy-seven. He will be missed. Um, so matter of fact, it, but he's dead. <laughs> um, a dead, dead uh, man. His was a heart attack. Um, this one's a little more tragic, though. Uh, Orson Bean. Um, <laughs> is it because I'm being just straightforward with it? So there's a ranking of like <laughs> how much you die. Yeah, exactly. According to Zach. Like, oh yeah, no, no, no. I'm I'm the arbiter of who... like heart attack. Meh. Hey, getting guys, ejected from a vehicle guys, probably higher. R- relax. When you die, I will judge you by a one to ten system. Um, but no, uh, Orson Bean, character actor and comedian, passed away at the age of ninety-one. He unfortunately was in a car accident. Oh, I like I Mr. Bean. No, Orson Bean. Orson Bean. Um, uh, he was a, part of a lot of game shows, like To Tell the Truth, and uh, played a merchant on Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman. Um, a lot of amongst his films are like classics, like Anatomy of a Murder and Being John Malkovich. So, um, yeah, at ninety-one though he will be missed. Um, Do you think Tom Hanks and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio are actually like, hey, how come we've never worked together? Probably. <laughs> and then they they have worked together though. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Oh my God, I'm so stupid Catch right now. If you can. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, the most recent one, though, is uh, at 84, Robert Conrad passed away, um, who was the uh, original star of the Wild Wild West show. Um, As he rolls into the... He was he was James Pearly West. Pearly Gates. He was James West originally, uh, and uh, t- where he took on a lot of different villains in the Wild Wild West. Um, he was also in uh, films like Murph the Surf, The Lady in Red, and Samurai Cowboy. Uh, his last appearance was in a movie called Dead Above Ground. Uh, but yeah, uh, 84, he, he will be missed. Uh, and then the last one is probably the most iconic of the deaths is, uh, Kirk Douglas passed away at the age of 103. One of the last stars of the golden age of Hollywood who also worked into the modern era of Hollywood. His last role being in 2008. I mean, he's, he's in over 90 films, so take your pick on where you like him the most. So, um, he just, Spartacus, Spartacus is a good movie. Uh, I like 20,000 leagues under the sea. Uh, watch him play some guitar in that movie. Uh, and um, also, um, Two Weeks in Another Another Town is a good movie. It's about filming a uh, a, a film in Italy uh, at the time. So, um, And then, of course, he was on a Jack Benny program. So, of course, I like that. <laughs> I was watching Conan O'Brien go to Italy. And he walks through the whole town square. And everybody 
uh, he has his assistant with or his associate producer with him, who's this big Italian lover, and he's speaking Italian, and Conan O'Brien just goes mozzarella, fettuccine. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's news, and now we're back to the Oscars. Yes, it would appear on whatever streaming. You know what I love about Keanu Reeves is he never like tries to be what he's not. You know, he makes like cool movies. He's an actor. He's always being something he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, a good actor is what I'm trying to say. He's actually really great in The Gift. Oh, the Sam Raimi. Season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's one I want to rewatch. You you have it right? I do. Ooh, it's I'm... only been on DVD. Can I borrow it on DVD, your DVD of it? If you want? Yeah, I want to watch it again. What are they presenting? It's primarily because I don't want to pay Amazon Prime three ninety nine for a movie I haven't seen in a while. It's worth it. You get to see Katie Holmes' boobs. So this is original screenplay for those who are keeping track. So most listeners expect it to either go to Parasite or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Given their choice, they would have given it to Knives Out. Everybody said that? No, I'm just summarizing. Okay. I can go through the list one by one. If oh, okay. seems boring to me, but uh, Ryan went with Quentin Tarantino. Forgetting it would have chosen would have chosen Knives Out. James is, expects Once Upon a Time to get it. Would have given it to Knives Out. I expect Parasite to get it. Would have given it to Knives Out. Uh, Zach and Henry would give it to Parasite, but Zach wanted. I can't even. Scott Alexander and Larry Karaszewski for Dolomite is my name. Okay. Uh, Henry would have given it to Marriage Story. And Corinne thinks Marriage Story is going to get it, but she would have given it to 1917. Bong Joon-ho. Sweet. I'm perfect score so far. Fuck you, Brad. Hopefully it's not the last of the night for him. Cool. That, uh, Probably will be, though. Me, Zach, and Henry each picked up a point. Yeah. Heck yeah. Are you still... F- you're, you're, so you're not 4 for 4 I'm 4 for 4 I didn't realize that that was three fours in a row until I said it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's so interesting. The South Koreans are so nice, and I'm sure the North Koreans are nice, but we don't know. (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't. Someone even watch Parasite, Ryan? Yeah, Uh, it's already on Blu-ray. I I keep on meaning to, but Alamo is going to be putting it back out again at this point. Well, they're doing those black and white screenings right Mm. now. I don't know. You might want to watch it in color. The first I'll figure time. it out. Yeah. I'll figure it out. Yeah, I'll see it soon. It's 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 constructed in a Hitchcockian way, like just like everything seems like very intentional in the frame. So you, you'll you might dig its construction. All right. So where were we? Still in news? Uh, no, that was news. Um, I finished it. It's we, done. There's no. We more also news. watch movies throughout the week in a segment I call "Wait Another Presenting uh, <laughs> Award." This is an efficient show. Oh, I know they're really going through. That's awesome. Ooh, it's Dreamy Timothy. God, look at Natalie, Natalie Portman. Portman. Wow, he's a... does she not age? She looks great. All right, adapted screen screenplay. Um, unanimously, all the real nerds um, would have given it to Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but among what we think will win, Ryan, uh, Zach, and Corinne think Jojo Rabbit's going to get it. Um, me and James are expecting the Irishman, and Corinne you, thinks I need you to lose this one. It. I need you to lose this I, one. It's going to. I'm so surprised I picked this, but uh, I mean that's a good script, but it's going to. lose. What makes you think that it's a better script than Jojo Rabbit? Oh, I don't think it's a better. I chose Jojo Rabbit. Oh, I no, 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 I chose Jojo Rabbit. As far too. as like spreading the wealth among the Academy, I think that it's the one thing the Irishman will probably get. Mm. No. 
We'll see. Can I can I throw in a, a, a different choice right now? No, <laughs> no, you <laughs> fucker! You already announced it. <laughs> you already put in your vote. You can't change it. That's a good script for that. Actually, I think Joker might get it. <laughs> Based on character created by Bob Kane, Bill Finger, and, and Jerry, Jerry Robinson. Robinson. Look at that! I still think it's amazing that Jojo Rabbit pulls off funny Hitler. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a huge backlash in this movie for some reason. Hmm. Yeah, ex- like they don't like funny Hitler. But like I said in our review of it, it's through the eyes of the kid. So yeah. it's not the real Hitler. Good yeah. job, guys. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Zach, I've never seen you so excited before. I'm very excited that a man who was able to capture the essence of Mel Brooks oh, and on, lives wins the movie. Okay, we're award, good. So. Her eyes are up there, Ryan. I was looking at her eyes. Scarlett Johansson looks great. Damn it. Finally making up some ground on Brad. In my defense, I would have given it to this. <laughs> and <laughs> I did, too, did. yeah. Yeah, well, you, you were playing the uh, the odds card. I played, like, every year, everything I want to win doesn't win. <laughs> Ryan, we, Ryan we, were the, we were the right ones, the noble ones the whole That's time. That's right. High five. Yeah. I'm glad you had, had faith, guys. See what I you, did. See what you had to do? You had to make Ryan high five me. Do you know how disappointed he must be? <laughs> I know. Now I got Zach on me. <laughs> <laughs> but it was worth it for dignity. <laughs> <laughs> What a fun dude, too. So this is a uh, live-action short, which I haven't seen any of them. Yep. So I just guessed. Yeah, me either. Uh, yeah, I had to take a guess on this one based off of odds. What did I pick? I don't remember what I picked, Brad. I'm getting there. The neighbors. Oh, nobody. Yep, so we're Yeah, all we all whiffed that one. Yeah, so Ryan, Brad, you officially have a mark against you. Mm. I already had one when I yep. put on the Taika Waititi. Oh, that's right. Jojo that's right. He, yeah. he, he went with his head, not with his heart. And that's not what inspires people. That is not what inspires people. I can't believe you gave Ryan an excuse to give me a high five. <laughs> <laughs> so at some point this week, uh, we'll all be going to uh, the live live action uh, documentary and shorts uh, screenings around town. And we'll, we'll update you on what yes. these movies are <laughs> Getting I really have no excuse because I have the Alamo season pass. I could really go see it for free. And yeah. actually, more theaters this year than most have been finding a way to showcase them. In either know, one screening, I or read on—I uh, don't know if it's Hollywood Reporter or Variety—they said the short films have grossed the highest they've ever grossed, almost a million dollars. It's yeah. really cool that they're getting that exposure mm-hmm. the way they have been. Uh, Denver West has them. Um, the Alamo has them, and Landmark Theaters has them. So mm-hmm. it's, it's intricate programming. I like it. Speaking of interesting programming, come to Daddy's at the Sloan's Lake, and I need to go see it. <laughs> How does a short film get n- noticed to be nominated for an Oscar? Festivals. There, mm. That, and there's the Student Academy Awards, which can kind of progress. So what festivals now. propel someone to this stage? Sundance. Sundance, probably. South Tell- by Southwest. Tribeca. Telluride. Cannes. Mm. Uh, Toronto. That lady is really excited that they won... I'm happy that she's happy. Tribeca, you said that already. Uh-huh. I, I said Toronto. Oh, you know, I just I want to win an award, so I purposely go the wrong way, and I have to be told to go the right way. I like Zach's glitter tie. <laughs> so, Brad, what did you watch this week? So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. So, yeah, like the host we just watched, uh, I rewatched the Peanut Butter Falcon. And that's just still a delightful movie. So, Brad, let me ask you a question. I see it for sale for $16. Is it worth getting? Yes. Okay. Well, that took a long time to answer. Well, it's just, you know, there's not a lot of special features. It's a small story, Mm. you know. um, Is it a movie I'd watch more than once? 
I don't know. I don't know. I think you would like it. Okay. All right. Um, since last time, um, I watched a lot of Police Academy movies. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why? Because uh, they're all on Netflix. Oh. Uh, so, but the only thing worth talking about is, uh, like, I gave them all the same score. They're remarkably consistent <laughs> in, t- in tone so, and humor. So what uh, what score is that, Brad? Two stars. <laughs> that seems about right. Because uh, uh, like I, I didn't rewatch the first Police Academy because I did that um, a while ago when they only had the one on there. But now they have them all, so I went two through there's seven of them. There's seven? Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the seventh one isn't subtitled seven. It's just Mission to Moscow. What's the sixth one? I thought the sixth one was Mission to Moscow. The sixth one is City Under Siege. Fifth? Assignment Miami Beach. Fourth. Citizens on Patrol. Third. Back in Training. Two. Their first assignment. One. Police Academy. Okay. Now um, say it again in the correct order. Just kidding. Oh my god. Uh, I didn't realize you had been pulled over. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like the the jokes are in the the like they have different directors throughout, but the 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 tone is very similar. Um, and I always thought like Bobcat Goldthwait was in a bunch of them, and he's only in two of them. Is he really? I thought that was like his thing. Yeah, I was surprised. I thought he was like in the Miami one, uh, but no, he's only in the second one and the third one. Huh? And the third one, he's only in there. Like his whole storyline is uh, he gets a girlfriend. Um, I really need to go see her. And he's <laughs> kind of the villain in the second one, even though you know their gang is not really like a hardcore gang. Huh. Um. So yeah, um, and then like yeah, Steven Gert- Steve Gutenberg doesn't, uh, I think, go past four. Yeah. Uh, so other than James and myself, you all expect uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to win, and mm. I don't blame you. Uh, there's a lot of work that goes into recreating 1960s Hollywood because that city looks so modern now. Anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but given the option, most of us would have picked Jojo Rabbit. Um, did I pick Jojo Rabbit? I can't remember. You picked Once Upon, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because for I, both because they did do a great job at making Los Angeles look like a place again. Yeah, Ryan would have billboard. given it to 1917. Yep. <clears throat> okay. Um, I just thought some of the uh, you know, the nighttime stuff uh just looks amazing and how it was dressed uh like so minimalist when he's in talking to the one lady uh, that has a baby that's not her baby. Mm-hmm. I think is great. Oh, I, did I catch up to Brad now? I don't know. What is the total so far? Um, why don't we figure that out in the it, next it, break? It is amazing that they were able to shut down most of that city and just totally retrofit it to their design. I really want a Rick Dalton movie poster, I've decided. They had From... one for that <laughs> limited edition. Yeah, I, I don't want to spend $90 on the movie. I know. <laughs> well, it was originally 60 when it came out, and now it's like 115 was the last check I had on Amazon. You know, I love too. Like production designers, usually when they come up, they're always the most eccentric dressed. Like they always have stuff on them. Like uh, the look at the necklaces they're wearing. The like necklaces are cool, though. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying they. Yeah, they, 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 yeah. She's she's expressing herself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah she's got like actually because the, they're artists. Yeah, and she's royalty tonight. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I actually also like them because they they're the ones who will wear scarves, and I'm like, heck yeah, yeah. scarves need to come back for all winners. You know. All right, uh, for costume design, uh, the real nerds once again seem to think that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is going to take it, except for me and James, who think Little Women might actually get it. And that's actually a f- smart bet. Uh, I, I figured because uh, historically they reward period piece. Yeah. 
Um, which I guess once upon a time is a period. But yeah, well, yeah, not, it not is. that old. Yeah, I, I mean, I I'm I can't remember all the nominees, but I'm pretty sure all of them are of a period piece of some sort. Unless I'm completely drawing a blank. Uh, but given the choice, we were all over the map. Um, <laughs> Ryan went with Once Upon a Time on Hollywood. James would have given it to Jojo Rabbit. I would have given it to Endgame because those are original uh, for the most part. Um, Zach went with a tie. Um, why don't you just tell it so I don't have to like scroll and read it. Um, oh, uh, it would have been uh, Kim Barrett uh, Kim Barrett for us. <laughs> and um, I can't see the other one, so you will have to extend it. You chose it. <laughs> I can't remember it. That's why I asked you. <laughs> All right, you were giving it to us. Uh, Joker yeah. uh, was um, Henry's choice, and Corinne would have gone with Little Women. Oh, I'm sorry. My second choice would have been Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so it would have been a tie between that and us. Mm. I know. I think about it, man, with – her shoes and how she looks is so amazing. Oh, that's right. Joker is... Yeah, I guess that is a period piece, yeah. Yeah. But I think a lot of the best parts is just that suit. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But you gotta nail the iconic suit, right? Those are pretty good costumes. They make them look like movie stars. That's yep. that's the key. <laughs> oh. oh! Fudge. Good on you, Brad and James. Whoops, we put her in the wrong spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they put her really far back. Good for her. Uh, so, Brad, we left off with you watching Police Academy films. Yeah. And so you all you think they're all about the same in entertainment value? Yeah, and the jokes are of the time. Um, other random stuff I watched, Major League Two, two and a half stars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's not as good as the first one because I think isn't it rated PG and it really is kind of yeah a little desensitized from the R-rated original and it's kind of everything you expect from the sequel to be mm-hmm. like of course the next I, it was weird I thought in the first movie they won the World Series no no they just was beat just the Yankees game? I think they just beat the Yankees that's how it happened or maybe the playoffs I don't remember see so on the second one they come back for the next season and they're all cocky because they won that game mm-hmm. which is weird like I thought you you think they would be cocky because they won the World Series yeah. But um, and they replaced uh, Wesley Snipes with um, Omar Epps, right? Omar Epps, which I thought was a, he's a brand new character at first, but then it was just that guy did, went and had a film career. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's fun. But it's, it's just kind of what you predict. Like, yeah, the team falls into another slump. Um, Wild thing can't hit the strike zone anymore. Yeah, he's he's off his game because he's like not being himself. He's he's cleaned up and. Uh, Tom Berenger is, you know, can't cut it anymore as a catcher, so he has to be the coach. Oh, that's right. He's too old, and the young kid is yeah. stupid. And uh, Corbin Brinson's character, he buys the team, but like manages it terribly. So the old manager comes back, and then he has to like, you know, no one on the team wants him to play, so he's just in the the dugout all the time, like telling everyone, "Put me in, put me in." <laughs> and then he's terrible. Um. Yeah, and then uh, I watched the other guys for the first time. Also, two and a half stars. Yeah. It's fun, but like the only fun parts for me are when they're, like they're poking fun at the genre. Or I love when The Rock and Samuel Jackson jump off the, yeah. the <laughs> building. There he goes, man. They just die. It's funny. Like I remember you guys talking about it. And I thought you guys were talking about Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. No. So I was like, they 
all four of these guys dying like this? Nope. It was actually That'd a, be funny. It was a good surprise in the theater because the trailer sold them as being possibly a oh, bigger yeah. part of the movie. So it was yeah. a nice like twist on it. Um, I remember um, that movie being smarter than I assumed it would be when I first saw it. Yeah, I also watched Popeye. Oh, with Robin Williams? Yeah, from uh, 1980, Robert Altman's Popeye. Hmm. And um, it's surprisingly, like, I'm impressed with how much I feel like I'm actually watching a Popeye cartoon in live action. Yeah. And it's mostly from the fact it seems like he's overdubbed everyone's dialogue from the original. So it feels like, you know, if you were watching the cartoon, it wouldn't match up because it didn't in the cartoons. Yeah, because so when the live like... actors are doing it too, um, yeah, it just felt like it just felt like an actual live action version of the cartoon. Mm-hmm. You know, the story's not that interesting. When's the last time you would have watched it, Ryan? If you've seen it at all, <laughs> I haven't seen it since I was little. Yeah, I'd have to yeah. watch it again. So Popeye sails into this sea town. Um, the olive oil family. Um, olive oil is supposed to get married to Bluto. Um, it's basically a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not really clear. Uh, she wants to, but she also doesn't. I couldn't figure that out. Um, and then uh, Popeye's on a search for his pap, his pappy, yeah. um, his dad. Um, and so, and then uh, at some point, someone just drops off a baby, uh, like abandons a baby to Popeye in olive oil. And then they become a couple after that. I don't know. Like, mm. it's, it is kind of hard to follow, but as far as the aesthetic and like the feeling of it, I did feel like I was watching the old Popeye cartoons, which I haven't watched in a long time. No. Which, so it's more of the memory. They're great. That's one yeah. Of, yeah, that's one of the Robert Evans' last productions with Paramount. Also, we watched A Nightmare on Elm Street and from 2010. Oh. No. The remake, because I was like, you know, how's that aged? And it's just fine. You know, yeah. it's, it's not... It's weird that they make uh, Freddy Krueger so sympathetic. Like they kind of make the towns, the town parents, more of the villains in the movie than him, even though he's the pedophile. They're writing a weird line with that because they because then they switch it up. Like they they try to play that card and then they switch that card within the last fifteen minutes. I always thought in the first, the original Nightmare on Elm Street, the mom is a horrible actress where she says, "No, don't worry, honey, we took care of him, we killed him." She's playing alcoholic and she's playing it eerily well, but like she's not like the greatest. She's not the greatest performance in the movie, obviously. No. Yeah. I also watched uh, Horse Girl on Netflix, which is (laughs) the Alison Brie, uh, Duplass Brothers movie, which I can't really tell you what that movie was about. (laughs) It's so weird. Um, I mean, what I could gather is there's this Alison Brie's character. um, She has a traumatic past, and she's having, like, Like, she thinks she's being abducted by aliens, and her, like, reality's constantly changing. She can't figure out why. Um, I It would take forever to explain, like, what's going on, because it just jumps around so much. But it's really creative when it does change realities of what she's experiencing. So, um, but than that, I was like, I couldn't tell you, like, what the point of this mm-hmm. was. Other than, like, this girl's having a, has some kind of mental disorder, and she can't figure out how to solve it. And everyone around her is like ch- changing reality, so you don't like know where the movie begins or where it ends. Um. Uh. I also rewatched uh, Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, and Skyfall, and actually kind of like Quantum of Solace more when you watch it in between the other movies. Mm. Uh, it just feels like it, some stuff is fleshed out better. Um. 
I need to rewatch it. I remember it not making sense to me when I first saw it, but yeah, I, I got more of the like the political aspects of it of in the environmentalism aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like in a James Bond movie, you're really not trying to go <laughs> to think. You just kind of want like a fun action movie. The geopolitical atmosphere of James yeah. Bond is not always the most important. <laughs> uh, but it's cool seeing like uh, some of the threads of like different characters that have weaved in and out of the series that you kind of forget about. Yeah. Hey, there! It's a it's a it's a scientist who can turn green. All right, for documentary documentary feature, the real nerds mostly went for American Factory, but uh, James, myself, and Corinne. Corinne and I went for Honeyland, and James went for Forsama. Uh, what we would have picked, myself and Corinne have no idea. Uh, Ryan went with American Factory. James also went for Forsama. Uh, actually, Apollo 11 I would have picked, because I, I didn't realize it was on the list. Yeah, I, put, uh, I believe I put that on my choice. Yeah, right? Zach went with that one, and yeah. then Henry went with The Edge of Democracy. Ah. I went, I chose Honeyland because I saw the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> At a screening, dude. It's supposed to be really good. It's also nominated for Best Foreign Language Film, so that's a achievement that's never happened before. Delicious. Oh yeah. Yep. Ryan, Ryan, Zach, and Henry have just picked up points. I now with American need to Factory. Watch the movie. I, I've heard good things about it. I just haven't watched. That's it yet. the Obama produced one, right? Yep, that's yep. why I picked it. Yeah, I feel stupid now. It's also it's Netflix, so it's like so, easily accessible. So thanks, Obama, for winning those guys an Oscar. <laughs> I just kind of always assume with documentaries, like if, within the last couple of years, it's like if it's on Netflix, it's got a good edge because it has more like people have a wider ability to see it. Mark Ruffalo should say like, and by the way, watch Dark Waters. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you see one movie, see Dark Waters. Um, because of this movie this week, I rewatched I Tanya, nice. and. God, that movie's fun. Yeah, for a subject that's so like, like you're so sick of hearing about it. I think that's is that that's the first time where <laughs> that Paul Walter Hauser guy is kind of like really exposed to. I was watching uh, American, uh, I mean Modern Family this week, and uh, so Sophia uh, Vergara and Ed O'Neill have a little boy, and his name's Joey's like five, and he's pushing him to be a a good uh, golf player, and they bring up like Tanya Harding. And uh, so later in the episode, um, Jay, the character Ellen says something to his little boy and he's like five. And he's like, I'm trying as best I can. And then he puts it and he misses and he yells at the kids like, you're in my sight line. <laughs> and so uh, his wife, Gloria, shows up and she says, give me that club. And she pulls it and it hits the other little boy in the knee. He goes, <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> it's funny. It's a brilliant it's yeah. a brilliant show. And the last thing I watched this week was... Oh, no. I forgot. I watched The Farewell. Mm. I missed I skipped over that one. And that's just a nice movie. Yeah. Um, you know, it probably should, have, should be in this uh, telecast in some aspects. Oh, uh, yeah. Should have been all over this telecast. Uh, I did fall asleep a couple of times, though. But yeah. <laughs> Still good. Still good. Uh, documentary short subject. I haven't seen any of them. So uh, hopefully the one I randomly picked worked. Hmm. How long can a uh, documentary short subject be? I think is anything 45 under is the max. Or 45 or anything under 59 or something like that? I don't know. Uh, so the real nerds mostly picked learning to skateboard in a war zone if you're a girl. Except for Ryan and James. Ryan went with rock, walk, run, cha-cha. James went with <laughs> in the absence. Of course she no went with <laughs> And then, um, yeah. So I could really separate myself. 
Are we saying the winners? At, like, oh, the, at, the, the, yeah, we yeah, just did. Yeah. The winner is okay. learning to skateboard in, in Warzone if you're yeah. a girl. I just want to make sure people at home later can actually understand what we're I think we are. rewarding. So, best documentary short. Girls skateboarding. Learning to skateboard in the Warzone if you're a girl, yeah. She actually just said, though, like, part of what your question was earlier about the shorts. Um, she had gotten a Student Academy Award. That's part of the, like, a, mm. a, a mid-level of the process for the shorts categories. Well, good for those young ladies. Yeah. All right, here we go. Oh, this is a actress in a supporting role. All right. For Best Supporting Actress in a... Yeah, Best Supporting Actress. Uh, the Real Nerds mostly went for Laura Dern, Marriage Story, ex- except for um, James, who thinks Florence Pugh is going to get it for Little Women. Uh, I wish I was as optimistic as James. Uh, what we would have picked, Ryan went with Margot Robbie and Bombshell. Uh, James and I uh, each went for Scarlett Johansson and Jojo Rabbit. Zach and Henry went with Laura Dern and Marriage Story, much like their projected uh, winners. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Corinne went with Florence Pugh for Little Women. So, yep. I went with Scarlett Johansson just because she has the difficult job of making her son laugh in a terrible, terrible oh, yeah, time. No, oh, yeah, I, yeah. She is amazing. This scene right here. Oh, this here, is a good clip, yeah. yeah. Oh, they cut it. She's amazing uh, in that moment. That was Margot Robbie and Bombshell. They, were, they well, cut. Laura Dern I initially picked because she has been the favorite, but then when I finally watched Mar- Marriage Story this week, which we'll get to, I was like, man, she definitely deserves it. Like, She's great. Yeah, I, she also did good work in Little Women, too. So. She did, yeah. yeah, but it's subtler compared to Marriage Story. Marriage Story, she gets that big scene near the end in the office where she talks about getting on the stand or answering the questions for the well, family evaluation. And Scarlett Johansson's uh, arc in Jojo Rabbit is stunning. Yeah. So they're doing all the like the people's clips as a montage now. They're not doing it like after they call the names. No, and remember they used to do. It's like they used to say, like they would just introduce them slowly throughout the broadcast, mm-hmm. and then they'd all then they do this part when they're presenting. Yeah. So yeah, Laura Dern with Marriage Story that gives uh, the rest of us another win, except for James. You know what? It would be great if she took this time to say that Last Jedi is amazing. Is this the first Netflix film that's gotten an actor award? Um, I mean, if anything, in Roma last year won. No, Ro- no Roma, no. Um, what was twenty seventeen again? I think it is. I think this is their first one. Yeah, unless I'm like forgetting something from twenty seventeen. You know, something like Marriage Story. I wonder why um, it didn't get a theatrical, like no studio. Decided to. He was at the Landmark Theater. No, I mean, like, a studio decided to make it did a traditional film. Well, I think probably. I mean, I'm sure Bombach was already on board with them when he was already on board for Meyerwitz. Oh, maybe it's part of his deal. Yeah, it's part of his deal. But, I mean, like, it's two hours and 15 minutes of emotional torture until that last moment for me. Well, yeah, but so was Schindler's List. Yeah, but but that was also, like, 20 years ago. Like, I don't know. Maybe Maybe it would be easier to sell the story. I don't know. It's not. It's not as like emotionally wrecking as Schindler's List, obviously. But that was awesome. Yeah, she said. Uh, Sometimes they say, "Don't meet your heroes," but when they're your parents, it's okay. So mm-hmm. something like that. She's, you're blessed. You're blessed. Your She's parents. more eloquent than I am. Yeah, good for her. Oh, look at she got Greta. <laughs> yep, got her director crying, mm-hmm. and she got Noah Baumbach crying because she was directed by both of them. You say, look how badass that dude looks. Like I said, look at the jacket. Mahershala officially endorsed by Ryan. <laughs> Fuck yeah, he's endorsed by me. He's awesome. 
And the last thing I watched this week was Ford v. Ferrari <laughs> three more times nice. in the theater. Um, and I, I just want to get in as much as possible because I'm not going to be able to recreate the sound design mm-hmm. at home uh, next week when it comes out on Blu-ray. But uh, I did some research and, you know, you, you expect these dramatizations to take liberties with yeah. storytelling. And they took quite a few, actually. Um is it spoilery to talk about Ken Miles' death? No, I don't think no, no, so. no, no, it's history. Is is, is James's mom seen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she told me props for watching the uh, the wavy potato chip bag. Um, yeah, so um, spoilers for Ford v Ferrari. Um, Christian Bale's character Ken Miles dies in history, and uh, in the He's movie, dead. <laughs> in the movie, they set up that uh, to great lengths that. Uh, you know, he dies in a fiery car crash because he can't get out of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get, if you if you're wearing the suit, the fireproof suit, and you get out of the car, you're fine. Uh, in real life, Ken Miles, uh, you know, before he gets into that car for the last time, he talks about or Phil Remington says like, "How do you like those honeycomb panels?" That was a new design for the structure of the car um, to make it lighter, and that design disintegrated on impact and mm. flung him from the car. So he was ejected from the car and died from the impact. He didn't burn up in it. Wow. So, um, oh. and that happened two months after Le Mans 66. Wow. Two years after? Two months. Oh, two months after. Yeah. Okay. Well, so. it, that shot for where he's dying is from afar, so maybe we didn't see the body f- be flung out. Well, but they set it up of like, you It's know, set up with the previous one of him. Talking about how people die in these wrecks. Yeah. Um. It thematically makes sense, but like according to real life stuff, you know he right, 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 right. Yeah, his design for the car killed him. Yeah, because uh, also in the movie they portray him as like not wearing the suit, the fireproof suit. He's just wearing a t-shirt before he goes off on that track. Right, right, yeah. Um, um yeah, and then the, the photo finish at the end is way more. It's not as close. If you look at the photo, um, McLaren's way out ahead of Ken Miles. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and they're they're way more spread out between each other in the photo finish. So, Whereas in the movie, they're pretty much neck and neck. Nice. Um, what else? That's that's the, the major stuff I was surprised about. Really but. quickly, Antonio Banderas, what a gentleman. Yes. <laughs> um... Yeah, so Ford v. Ford, 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 Ford v. Ferrari is awesome, and that's yeah. what I watched this week. Yeah. Cool. Zach? Um, I watched a lot more. I've also been trying to update my log films I've seen, even though I haven't been watching them this week, because I've been trying to catch up my letterbox, because I haven't paid attention to it as much as you guys have. Um, but of the stuff that I had watched, um, I saw Bad Boys for Life. Um, it's the best of the Bad Boys movies, and... It's a weird thing to say. Like, I don't, I'm not a fan of the first two, like some others are. This one, like, they actually give stakes to the characters and they have actual, you know, like, internal conflicts. And this is Joe Pantiliano's best performance in a movie um, that hasn't been like The Matrix or something like that. So, yeah, I would go see Bad Boys for Life. It's a lot of fun. And the only time Michael Bay's presence is remotely in it is when Michael Bay makes a cameo in oh. a wedding scene. Hitchcock style. Yeah, exa- well, because he's not the director of the movie. Yeah. They have two new directors. But... Hmm. 
Yep. Zach? Oh. Um, I'm sorry. I thought there was a category coming. Um, and then um, I got the Criterion of the Awful Truth a couple weeks ago. I hadn't been talking about it, but I've been rewatching that movie a lot. It's um, awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty awesome movie. I don't know if you know this. It's one of the greatest Cary Grant movies ever made, if not yep. the top one on your. Uh, it is the top one yeah. on mine. And the more I keep rewatching it, Ryan, like uh, hands down, I think I texted it to you. But my favorite scene now of all time from Cary Grant is probably the one where he's trying to defend Irene Dunn's honor while crossing his fingers. Yep. Um, uh, and then the dog scene is also cute, too. With the, I, I get visitation rights with the dog. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, But I cannot wait because on Tuesday we get to see this on the big screen at the yep. Alamo, um, and it's going to rock. Um, next week. Yeah. Next week? Yes, yeah, the 19th. Oh, I thought it was the 11th. I'm pretty sure it's the 19th. Huh. We'll have to double check our tickets. Um, but yeah, uh, no, and then also like uh, you know, you were not relying that uh, that Blu-ray was full of good stuff. Oh yeah, lots awesome. of good stuff on Leo McCary. Um, really giving uh, good credit due to a director that has, you know, I didn't grow up with the awful truth as uh, as much as I did some of the other films yeah, it's like the nineteenth. No, it's the nineteenth. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, but yeah, no, I, I didn't grow up with the awful truth the way I did like duck soup or even going my way. So just watching them discuss his career mm-hmm. was very enlightening. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, just if anything, it makes me want to watch the movie that he did before Awful Truth, which got him fired from Paramount, which is Make Way for Tomorrow. Um, a certain criterion too. So yeah, I know it's like it's one of those ones. I love the, I love the uh, the poster. Art. The, yeah, the yeah the cover for it. it's awesome. Yeah, it's nice like bl- dark blue hue. Um, I started digging a little bit into my uh, Humphrey Bogart DVD collection that I have, which is basically all the ones that they're not going to put out on Blu-ray. Um, and one of them I watched was Marked Women, or Marked Woman, and it's with Betty Davis from 1937. Um, you'd actually might like this movie, Ryan. It's um, it's a so Betty Davis plays a woman who's a night, hostess at a nightclub with uh, four other women that she lives with. Among them, the woman who would become the first Mrs. Bogart. Um, so they are um under the employ of a new leader of the club who's actually a gangster. Um, he commits a murder. Betty Davis knows who was killed and who killed him because she interacted with the person that night. And she is being asked by Humphrey Bogart as a district attorney in this movie. So he's not a, you know, rough guy or anything like that. He's a slick Mm. district attorney to, um, she wants, he wants Betty Davis to testify. Betty Davis doesn't want to, cause she's scared. And she also doesn't want to, you know, give up her good life within the mob. Um, and just like the protection that it provides because, of you know the duty of of civil service um but things go awry when her sister uh, uh gets involved with the lifestyle and it mm. comes to a head for betty davis and i will say like i'm not the biggest betty davis fan in the world i absolutely respect her obviously as a performer and whatever happened to baby jane has one of the greatest horror performances i've ever seen out of a classic actress this is one of my favorite betty davis movies hands down she gets a lot to play with in the movie and if you've ever wanted to see humphrey bogart play a uh, a character that's a good guy that's not uh, loaded with anti-hero baggage. This is technically your movie, and I don't think the performance always works, but when it does, he's really good in it. Um, like, there's a scene at the end where he's giving a speech in the courtroom about like why you should prosecute the the main mob guy, and there's like five minutes in my head where I'm just like, man, like, there's another route where Humphrey Bogart becomes a really good like good guy lawyer actor for movies like and not just like a gangster guy who then becomes an anti-hero in the later 40s um so yeah i check it out i cool. it, i think it's on warner archive but i think i can loan it to you too it's just a dvd so um i saw marriage story 
uh, one of the uh, now an Oscar winner tonight. Yeah. Um, man, that was a fun little roller coaster of human emotions. And uh, the only thing that was, I was able to um, restart my brain with uh, after watching it was the new Saw trailer. So, <laughs> um, but uh, I think it's pretty fantastic. Uh, I think Adam Driver gives one of the best performances of the year in that movie, hands yeah. down. Um, and as frustrating as the uh or like as uh emotionally taxing the movie is when it gets to the last 10 minutes i have like i've been emotionally fulfilled like so it's not like i'm not left on a terrible note which i appreciated for a movie like that and i think randy newman's score for the movie is fantastic it's like a correct like oh wow he is on the stage why are they performing the song from eight mile Oh, because he never got to perform it on stage back in 2002. Well, maybe he should have shown up for the Oscars that year. I don't know why he never <laughs> did that year. Are we going to stop to watch no, the, the Marshall Mathers LP? I was just like, don't they? isn't this time reserved for people who were nominated this year? I, maybe there's a... Uh... <laughs> uh, Dina Menzel's really yeah, into it. Dina Menzel's one. <laughs> what? Wait a minute. I, I, I got nominated for an Oscar. What's this asshole doing on here? Um... Uh, I also, I've been obviously, I'm you know watching some more Hitchcock, and uh, I sat down and watched Number Seventeen, which is one of the ones that comes out of the bootleg that I haven't watched in a while. Um, and uh, all the bootleg movies, most of them are like classics of his British era. Number Seventeen, I forgot. Like it's a short, sixty-four minute movie, and the plot sucks. Mm-hmm. But the way it's edited, because of like his tightness with editing in general throughout Hitchcock's career. It's structured a lot like a modern day horror movie mm. and like just the way it moves and for the majority of the movie, it doesn't leave the one location. So he's already working within that like single location structure as early on as the 30s in Britain. Um, but yeah, it's 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 essentially about like people in a house trying to figure out why there's a dead body on the ground and what's the connection to a telegram regarding a jewel heist and uh, mm. the events that concur within it. But there are edit points and um, basically horror gags are like psych, um, uh, like jump scares in the movie that are structured the way like a modern horror movie that doesn't like like a studio horror movie where they don't really care much about the product. Mm. It kind of like has that vibe to it. So it's pretty interesting how even as far back as that era, like Hitchcock's not only playing in the horror um realm but also like defining it before he even makes like the true definition of what would become a horror trope which Mm. is psycho um uh and then i uh i got i got the wonderful privilege of seeing get out again in a theater at the alamo littleton so i'm glad they were able to reshow that movie still rocks movie still kicks ass um uh it was actually a pretty decent crowd for a movie that's you know two years old and and again glad, glad it still has its audience but i thought it would be like maybe four people but it was like third full mm, so that's pretty good and that was like on a thursday night too so with the snow that was hitting too. yeah um and then the last thing i saw was little women which i loved a lot um i uh i actually like i, I like normal size women a little more <laughs> my wife <laughs> thought that joke was so bad that she rolled her eyes that was like the biggest dad joke i think i've ever told well you are a dad you are allowed to tell these jokes <laughs> yeah. like but um but yeah, no, it's fantastic. Um, I find it a little more rewatchable than Lady Bird, and I don't know what that says about me, but whatever. Um, I think Florence Pugh is fantastic in the movie. Um, <laughs> Brad, you don't think so? I think she's fantastic in that movie. Well, she's playing the spoiled brat character. I, uh, 
But the, doesn't seem that hard to me. She gives a little bit more roundedness to a character that, from what I understand, was just portrayed as solely a brat and nothing else. I've never seen the other one, so I don't know if she, how she's changed it. I'm not like an Alcott expert, so I could not tell you. Um, but Emma Watson uh, is is pretty good in the movie. She's like Meg's. Meg's does almost character. nothing. Yeah, it's but like she does. <laughs> Shut up, Meg. <laughs> she uh, she does well with what she's given. Saoirse Ronan's good. Timothy Chal. I get the Timothy Chal my thing. Like he is, he is a handsome looking boy. Um, and then is um, he? He's, he's got I the look. I think he's kind of goofy looking. He's got the look though. Like, look, he's no Tom Cruise. He's no Robert Downey Jr. No, but give him time. He could develop that, or he could be just no, a isn't he actor. Like twenty seven. He's like twenty. Like he's in his early twenties, but I don't know. Um, but um, yeah, and actually, um. I, I will say my least paper performance in the film was Meryl Streep, and I don't know if that's just because they don't really have that Aunt March character in there that much, or if it's just what she's doing. She's just like really insistent that these little women do nothing with their lives other than marry a man. So like I don't know, uh, it's what it is. And then Tracy Letts um, has some fun in it. Um, I'm trying to remember which one of the nerds said it was uh, kind of comical when Bob Odenkirk said, here you that are, my me. little women. I heartily disagree with you oh my because God. I've got so involved with the emotion of that movie that when he is there, I don't care that it's Bob Odenkirk. I was like, oh, it's their dad. And they get to see their dad who just came oh, home from war. Oh, it's my little women. <laughs> he doesn't uh, say it that way. <laughs> uh, or mishearing Timothy that. Chalamet will be 25 this year, so I win. Uh, lawyered. <laughs> what did I say? He's 27? Are you a liar? <laughs> Pretty much. What else have you been accomplishing when I'm not around? Um, and then I rewatched the um, both versions of the man who knew too much for the pod. Oh, sorry. I guess I forgot. Right. They watched what? Uh, the both versions of the man who knew too much, but that's for a Shamley silhouette that will be coming out in March. So, um, I will say that in the James Stewart version, um, every time I rewatch it, the more I realize that that little kid is the most annoying little kid in film history. <laughs> I don't. I think honestly, he takes the cake, uh, but that's just me. The uh, I was been listening to you. There's a podcast you guys listen to. It's called Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, and he just tells these has these famous people on, but mm -hmm. they tell these really funny stories. And on the Paul Rudd one, uh, Conan busts out a Jimmy Stewart, and it's pretty great. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, you should listen. And him and Paul Rudd talk about the genesis of the Mac and Me um, clip that he shows. He was he's, he, uh, Paul Rudd was talking about how he was debating between that. And I guess there's an, a scene in Baby Geniuses where this baby is like beating everybody up, and you can clearly tell it's a little person. <laughs> I've never seen the film, but now I want to just for that clip. Um, yeah. Right on. Uh, quick scoring update before they throw more categories at us. Uh, Ryan has is at six. Uh, James is way behind at three. Uh, Henry and I both have seven, and Zach Bullshit. is in the lead with with eight. Bullshit. So Corinne has four, so she's a little bit behind, but uh, plenty more categories. Hey, hey, Ryan, don't catch up with. Don't worry. If we know anything from eighties movies, is that. The, the real hero doesn't fully achieve it until the very end That's of the right. movie. The final reel. Yeah, exactly. The when third reel. You'll sweep. I'll try to sweep the leg, but then you'll just give me that crane Sound kick, editing. and then bam, Damn. I hit the ground. <laughs> All right. Ooh. What do we got for sound editing? Is that is that Antonio and Selma? Uh, oh, no, it's Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Oh. Selma Hayek. Totally fine. All right, sound editing. This is a split. Um, Ooh. Half of us think 1917 is going to get it, and the other half is Ford v. Ferrari. Mm. And uh, I... So what's the difference between sound editing and sound mixing, Brad? Sound... Oh, you're asking Brad, sorry. 
Yeah, you can, Zach you can answer know. it, Zach. Um, sound yeah. editing is finding. The, oh, oh, Couldn't wait to steal it. Okay, go <laughs> ahead. Go. Uh, sound edi- editing is where you collect all the sounds for the scene. Uh, mixing them is putting together and making them like hearable at different different levels and most important and stuff like that. Thanks, because you know a lot of people don't know the difference, and I wanted um, people to understand when yeah. why you chose certain things yeah. instead of yeah. other ones. So why did you choose? Well, I, I I said 1917 is going to get it. I wanted Ford v Ferrari to get it, but I think the Academy traditionally awards war films sound editing mm-hmm. Oscars. So but, that's and why it, it has a president. Like Hacksaw Ridge is only award for Oscar. When well, it I mean, it, it's it's pretty that. good. Is yeah. that, did you pick 1917 too? Uh, no, I picked Ford v Ferrari mainly because I, that was me making an emotional choice because I I rewatched it with Brad at the big big show. And show him torch the lady, dude. Please do it. Please do it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope kids are watching. Um, but no, like rewatching it. Um, in the big, uh, in the big show theater at the Alamo Westminster with Brad, the sound design is incredible in that film. And the sound editing, like the things they're going to have to create in order to create the specific sounds of those cars, is fantastic. Ford v Ferrari. Ooh, one. Damn it! But also yes, my, emo- <laughs> my emotions were correct. <sighs> So what makes the sound editing on Ford v Ferrari so... You should watch the Vanity Fair uh, video clip where they talk about how they did it. Mm-hmm. Take your time, bro. Jeez. I, I haven't seen that Vanity Fair clip, but like, I imagine they're trying to create the sounds of those specific cars for each individual driver to try to like, get that tone correct, right? Or what? Sorry, I was looking at this. The Vanity Fair, what they're talking about, the sound design? Like, I'd yeah. imagine they're trying to hit the specific cars. Uh... Like what a motor would sound like or something like that. Yeah. Um, I like, mean, they pretty much answer everything Ryan talked about in that clip of like what the differences between the two things are. Because one of the guys is the mixer, the other guy is the editor. Um, one of the coolest things I thought I, uh, they, they explained is the, the, the guy, people who did the music, the key of the music matches the key of the engine sound. Oh. So like that bass guitar riff, I think it's bass. Um, just matches the engines, and then yeah, they you know they had trouble finding a GT40 to get sounds from, so they found someone who recreated one. You know, they, they actually couldn't get it from Ford, um, so they found a collector who had it, and they you know put microphones everywhere on the car and record those sounds, and then they talk about you know, you know the scene where uh, Henry Ford II is chastising his employees at the factory. You know, he's walking around on a concrete floor on that balcony. Um, but the metal sound of the echo is metal because it, the metal sound makes him seem more imposing. Mm. And then we have sound mixing. Sound mixing. Again, uh, the same people picked Ford v. Ferrari versus 1917. So we shall you know, see. The thing that's cool with Ford v. Ferrari, too, is even when they hit the clutch, you just feel like you're in that world. Yep. Actually, that Joker nomination is a good nomination for sound editing. I think all the sound stuff's pretty sound spot right. on this year. Yeah. I mean, in general, like all these movies do great sound. It, it's so hard to decide. I, I always do what um, I feel the most visceral at, and I think Ford v. Ferrari oh, yeah. just made me feel like I was part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. B, B picked 1917. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Ah, split. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, across all of us, we picked the two movies, so... Yeah. Um, so we're very attuned to the sound category. Attuned. Get yeah. it? Uh, we know what the best stuff is. <laughs> Thank you, Ed. Uh, we've got a great show up for you tonight. <laughs> 1917 is a great film. It is a great film. Wonderful film. 
these ones are always crazy for me because this could end up on my film Explosion. Next yeah, but year. it came out late. Yeah, yeah, but it's technically was released limited. I'm in December. I'm tempted for uh, upcoming 2020 to just break the rule because I do like 1917 a lot. Well, 1917, we saw it in theaters this year. Yeah, we, we weren't able to. So you're not breaking the rules because it's yeah. when we are able. to I see established it. the rule. No, that's true. <laughs> I just I tend to not take advantage of that as much as I could because because then, then I definitely would have put They Shall Not Grow Old on my list for this year. But at any rate. And actually, yeah, like with Ford v Ferrari, though, um, I didn't mention it, but like, man, that it that film grows on you the more you watch it. I think, like, yeah. I'm glad I had a bit of time separated from it to re- re- appreciate it again. I wait, uh, wait. Ryan, what did you watch this week? <laughs> um, I guess yeah, we should tell people because there's a gap. Um, what I've watched this week, Brad, is um, I watched a. So I was down. I don't know why I was on Colfax, but. I stopped by um, Twisted We know Shout. why you're on Colfax. Yoo-hoo! Wait, wait. You get a Toy Story 4-pack as part of your Oscar set. <laughs> is oh, no, Disney it's... sponsoring this? Man. <laughs> well, ABC does broadcast the show. Oh, that makes sense. So Brilliant. when I was in high school, I went um, to Blockbuster a lot, and my friend Brandon and I would find random horror films to rent because they usually had, like, the covers where if you moved them, they would change from, uh, oh, here's um, like Jack Frost. Here's a snowman. You move it. Now it's a, cover. Yeah, yeah. Now it's a monster snowman. I saw the post of this. I'm excited. <laughs> so one of them <laughs> I saw, and I picked this up at Twist and Shout for like $11. Um, it's Uncle Sam, and it's about... Uh, Please tell me about this. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's about a war vet who's killed in... Um, Afghanistan or Iraq, I can't remember. Uh, it has to be Iraq because it's from the early 90s. Mm-hmm. So he's killed in Iraq and he's killed by friendly fire, but for some reason he comes back as like a vengeful zombie <laughs> okay. and, he, and he kills a bunch of people at the beginning. Um, and there's some things that, so it's not like a great movie and the bummer is, is where Jack Frost isn't a great movie, but it's pretty funny because they know what movie they're making. Yeah. This one is, there's a lot of um, not funny moments in it, and it drags a little bit. Um. And there's some things that don't make sense. So it, so he, the the dead dude comes back, and it's July 4th weekend. Uh. And all, all the kids are in school. I'm like, wait, you, you, you wouldn't be in school on July 4th. <laughs> um, well, unless they were part of the breakfast club. Maybe they got called into late detention. Maybe. <laughs> and But so Uncle Sam, uh, so this dude is literally this kid's uncle, and his name's Sam. And so... Mm. He comes back and he dresses up as the Uncle Sam propaganda poster guy. Okay. And he goes around and kills people that aren't patriotic. <laughs> so he kills a bunch <laughs> of like uh, a bunch of douchebags that are desecrating his his grave by spray painting it, or he kills a, the teacher because he's a draft dodger. Um, ah, see, so you shouldn't do that, guys. Isaac Hayes is in it for some reason. Why? Because he's <laughs> this other guy. Um, just yeah. a guy <laughs> yeah well he's like a sergeant who oh, okay. introduced the sam to killing people and now in death he loves killing people <laughs> he's uncle Sam. so is it would you say it's fun because i saw the poster and i was it's, like i want to watch this it's all right okay. like, it's if you have 90 minutes to kill and you're not like looking for something that crazy okay you know um i still gotta watch frogs first before i do this so. yeah you should <laughs> um I watch. I rewatched um, Jack Reacher, but in 4K, and in 
it is maybe one of the best looking 4Ks I've seen. Um, it adds so much detail, and the colors are so much brighter, and uh, like, and the sound is awesome. I mean, the car chase scene. This is why movies are so cool. I love when things are really dramatic and they have no reason to be, yeah, but they're still badass. So uh, Tom Cruise's Jack Reacher is set up by the bad guys. They dump a body of a girl he contacted, and he pulls in with like the Camaro, or whatever car it is, and. Uh, the way it's shot is so awesome. So the, the detective's pissed because he thinks Jack Reacher killed somebody. Right. Jack Reacher knows that if he gets caught, he won't be able to solve this crime that happened at the beginning of the film. So there's like this pan down of the detective and he clenches his fist. And then it goes to Jack Reacher and it pans down and he grabs the, the gear shift and clenches it too. And there's no music, but it's overly dramatic. But it's a really cool standoff. And uh, then it get kicked into high gear with the uh, car chase and stuff. And it's just really well directed, really well paced. Adds some nice tension. To oh, the yeah. The movie is really fun. Um, I have fun the right word. Uh, it's a really cool it's made the, movie. I remember it being noirish, and it's in a, in a oh, way. Oh, yeah. Which is why I'm wondering, does the 4K um, take away from the kind of shadowy elements that no, it has? No, it, it, it's Like I said, it's maybe one of the most impressive 4Ks I've seen. And also, how does my Werner look in 4K? Uh, I've never seen him look great. in 4K. And, he, you know, I love that moment, too, where... He's saying, I will go to jail, and then blah, blah, and Tom Cruise just shoots him in the head. Like, yeah, hey, you're not like, going to jail. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's, it's, I need to rewatch Jack Reacher. I remember it's like he's he's got like just three fingers or something, like it's some kind yeah. of deformity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um, so a while ago at Twist and Shout, uh, I don't know why I watched two things. I got Twist and Shout, but I picked up a used copy of The Fun House, which is Toby Hooper's, yeah. which I've never seen before. It's um, a fun movie. Yeah, it's you know it's really cool. It takes a little bit to get going, mm-hmm. and it goes from a slasher film that you think it's going to be into a kind of monster movie. Yeah. Um, but what Toby Hooper does great is he's a really great tension director, mm-hmm. and you can tell that he knows what he's doing while he's making the film. Mm-hmm. So even though it takes a little bit to get going, it it's still really well shot, and it has really great um, slower pace to it. It's never boring. Because no, he always it, has something going on. There's something always in the, in the. There's always something in the frame of a Toby Hooper movie that keeps your interest. It's not, it, and it could be just aesthetic, or it could be a character situation. Yeah, but he never bores you. Like no, not at all. Texas Chainsaw Massacre like proves that right away with like the first shot of the dead armadillo and like mm-hmm. uh, just like I- any time there's like a lag in between, like you're still like you're kept in suspense of some form. I haven't seen Fun House in a while though. Yeah, it's it's a fun one. And the last thing I watched on Disney Plus, they have uh, Empire of Dreams, and it's the making of the original Star Wars trilogy. That's a really interesting doc to watch nowadays. It's it's actually great. You know, I've always said that I think um, George Lucas kind of gets a bum rap nowadays. Yeah. Um, but he is a really cool storyteller, and the innovations that he helped produce, and that Steven Spielberg is in it, um, you know, he kind of helps you understand what he was doing, and... Um, the pains that George Lucas went through to make the first Star Wars film is pretty great. And then how he tried to finance Empire all by himself and he ended up having to go back to Fox and fought to keep the rights for all the stuff is really cool. And uh, Yeah, he, he gave Fox like more of the gross yeah, in more exchange the for the yeah. merchandise. Yeah. That, that he would never give it up. So he needed help on Empire. And because he put up thirty seven million of his own money or something like that to yeah. make it, and they had to do reshoots, like a lot of reshoots for him. Yeah. yeah, and uh, he said, "Okay, well, I'll give you more points across the 
gross if you let me still keep the merchandising and Fox said, okay. Um, Cause I, you know, it's one of those things. I don't know if they saw the actual long-term investment into star Wars. I don't think they ever did until the prequels came. Yeah. Around. Well, they have an interview with Alan Ladd and he's really interesting in it. Yeah. Saying he was the only one at Fox that believed in it. Um, and it wasn't that he believed in the story. He just believed in George because George, mm-hmm. like he is a technical wizard when it comes to storytelling. Like, even if you don't like art films, you should try to seek out stuff like the early THX oh, yeah. 1138 and stuff like well, that. I mean, I still think uh, American Graffiti is a great movie. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. Um, and it's it's really fun to watch. And they had so many behind-the-scenes things that it was no. super fun. No. I think we were getting cinematography, nope. guys. No. I, uh, yes. Julia Louis-Dreyfus, she's so funny. With they're, Will Ferrell. They're in the movie Downhill together um, that's coming out. in. Guys, Mexico, they're not paying us to advertise for them. That's okay. We uh, she can pay me. You should see Veep. Veep's hilarious. All right, cinematography. Um, other than and other than James, we're all going for 1917. Which mm-hmm. <laughs> what is what is uh, James going for? Uh, the Lighthouse. Ah, uh, which is that? I mean, not? he's right at heart. Is that but, nominated? Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. it's the only nomination that movie got. Um, and then as far as what we would have picked, uh, a lot of us still went with 1917, except for. Uh, Zach, who went with Parasite and something else. I can't remember because it's not exciting. Uh, and then uh, I actually enjoyed the... Well, I appreciate the technical achievement of 1917. I went with just like, as far as like stuff I like looking at the most was Joker. Mm. I think I did Us for Cinematography. I could remember, or The Lighthouse, one of those two. I wish I could remember. If only there was a way to extend that row. Yeah, I'm not going to f- screw around with it. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you... Oh, The Irishman? Oh, that's right. The Irishman. Yeah, actually. Uh, so, yeah, that choice was mainly because like how they were able to incorporate that new tech into it. And that movie does look gorgeous um, all throughout the runtime. So, I also would have picked Us or The Lighthouse, too. Like, There's a lot of good cinematography this year. Not a surprise there. This is payback for all the times we ignored him and then we gave Chivo how many Oscars in a row? Look at him, he's like an old dude, but he looks cool. I love, that is the best moment ever. Roger Deakins and Bob Richardson just giving themselves a slick handshake. I love it. He, there's a great uh, video of him, how he shot 1917. Mm. It's really good. I like how they're like, they showed, they showed like that camera following behind the camera. Mm-hmm. And just like, man, like even the big behind the scenes is intense. Yeah, I got to give props to that focus puller too, because that can't be easy. Oh, no, it's a pain in the yeah. ass. Yeah, yeah amount of time. <laughs> all right for uh next category editing um a lot of us went in for ford fee ferrari um well i guess you know just three um james ryan and henry are for chose ford v ferrari uh corinne and i went for the irishman and zach went for parasite yeah i have a i have a but theory but but uh but given our own choices most of us would have done ford ford v ferrari except for uh zach and henry who went for parasite oh yeah parasite's really well edited because of its hitchcockian construction ford v ferrari ah damn it ford v ferrari. <laughs> go, with, go with your heart ford v ferrari having a very good night the energy that the that edit creates. Is... Yeah. No. I, yeah. It is. God damn it. Okay. Score update. Both G, uh, Ryan and I are one behind Zach and Henry. Ah. Ah. So it's. Uh, 
a, a four-way tie between winners and losers is what you're saying. Oh, shit. Are you, <laughs> you trying to start something? Hey, Ryan, this guy's trying to pick a fight with us. What? Hey, 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 a friendly fight? <laughs> We're each one behind him and Henry. Oh, we'll win by the end of the night. Yeah. Probably. I mean, like, there have been some, there have been some like, uh... Uh, losses on my end that I wasn't expecting, but I am happy for this this one in particular because the editing in that film is spectacular. I will say we're all doing pretty well, though, picking movies. There yeah, ten, I know. There yeah. are 10 categories left. Yeah, this is like the best I've ever done yeah. as far as picking these. But yeah, Ford v. Ferrari. There's still 10 categories left? Yeah. yeah. But it's still... But, but keep in mind... Best it's... picture, best director, best actor, best actress, uh, international feature... Original score, original song, mm. but like we're, makeup. We've, we've gone through a bunch, and it's only two hours in. So. Visual effects, live action short. We already did live action short. You are right. So yeah, that's all I watched this week. Um, <laughs> ended it with Star Wars. It's a great documentary. Check it. It's on Disney Plus. Yeah, it two, just two and a half hours. It just reminds you like that he was a filmmaker. Yeah, like it sucks that he kind of became more of a technician or a businessman by the end of the day, but. But yeah, um, this week on Real Nerds, we saw Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Brad, should people see Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey? Um, you know what? Screw you, America, for not coming out for this female-directed, female-produced, mostly female cast. Yep. Um, do better. Like, this movie is tons of fun. Uh, the stunts are great, uh, even though I just learned that they got the stunt coordinator from John Wick, um, which is funny because the first thing I thought of was like, hey, th- these stunts are comparable to John Wick. <laughs> um, yeah, it's tons of fun. Um, you know, the, the stakes aren't high as far as story, um, but it's, 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 it's DC's version of Deadpool, which is great. So definitely go see it. Zach? Uh, absolutely. Um I walked out Im- immensely surprised and delighted by the film. Um, uh, I think Margot Robbie does wonderful things with a character that I thought wasn't given much much to do to my mind in Suicide Squad, but it has been a while since I've seen a movie. So, um, uh, but um, and I appreciated that they were able to address certain issues with the character because, like, I'm not a Harley Love Quinn. Ex- um, I'm not a Harley Quinn expert like uh, Ryan or is or even Brad, Brad is, but there were certain things that I was aware of from the cartoon and whatnot to be like, oh, it's cool that they address her relationship with the Joker and her finding an identity of her own kind of fulfillment. And I uh, I think everybody across the board in the Birds of Prey crew is fantastic. I like watching Rosie Perez be an action hero. That was pretty cool. Um, and Ewan McGregor rides an interesting line, and I think it pays off. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think you should check it out. I think it's actually one of the it's one of the best films I've seen this year thus far. So. That's the guy who Harley Quinn stepped on his legs, right? Yeah, the, yeah, the driver, yeah. <laughs> so, so we're watching an Oldsmobile commercial, and the driver who gets his yeah, it is. Yeah, it on, is. Yeah. And the movie we were just about to talk about is on screen. Anyway, yeah. he's in a commercial. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Go check out the movie. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, everything they said, yeah, I love this movie. I, I think when I was watching it, I, I just kept on being marveled by the energy of the film. Yeah. It, it just had this driving force behind it constantly, and... It kind of reminded me of a Tarantino movie because it was kind of all over the place narratively. 
Um, but it worked really well um, because, you know, you're watching it and uh, there's a part where Harley shows up at the um, the police station. And this is a weird cut because she was just here. And then she says, wait a minute, we got to go back further. And it rewinds and um, plays it more. It's it's yeah, it's awesome. I love this movie. Um, yeah, here's a trailer for Birds of Prey. Can I help you? Why, yes, yes, you can. I'm here to report a terrible crime. And what terrible crime is that? This one. Ah, shit, I told this all wrong. Quick history lesson. This all started when the Joker and I broke up. It was completely mutual. And soon enough, I was back on my feet, ready to embrace the fierce goddess within. <laughs> it's oh so quiet. Now that I cut ties with Mr. J, I'm about to learn that a lot of people You're want me dead. All alone. And at the top of that list is this guy. I'm so peaceful. Um, but it turns out. <laughs> That wasn't the only dame in Gotham looking for emancipation. You fall in love. <laughs> He's after all of us. We can't just rob him. You betrayed him. You killed his BFF. What? You are so cool. You never. And you're dumb enough to be building a case against him. So, unless we all want to die very unpleasant death, we're going to have to work together. Psychologically speaking, vengeance rarely brings the catharsis we hope for. Yeah. Are we ready? You blow up Named in Bruce after that hunky Wayne guy. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Birds of Prey is basically um, Harley breaking free of the Joker, and uh, it's... And she finds out the rest of the city without <laughs> yeah, the Joker's her. protection. <laughs> yeah, wants her dead, so she has to. I thought that was a really cool dynamic that you know she gets away with everything because of who the Joker is, and when she loses that. Um, Everyone says, well, now we don't have to worry about the Joker coming after us. And it's cool because it gives the Joker his. Okay. <laughs> his, no, sorry. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, this kind of mythic quality to him where he's even more scary. His, his reputation precedes him. Yeah. Where you don't know if he's actually going to do something to you, but because of who he is and he's so scary yeah. that um, he could. And and it's weird, like, there were some reviews that were disappointed that they didn't try to include the Joker in some fortune. I'm like, well, number one, there's a reason for that, like, logistically from the DCEU angle. But number two, like, his reputation as the Joker is so strong enough and set up through this movie, 
I don't need him in it. You well, know? I, I don't think you need him in it because you don't need he's his story. It's not he's not important to the yeah, story. Exactly. It's it's Harley's story. Yeah. Why would and, you shove him in there for no reason? And, and it's you know this movie had a lot of fun with the timeline, where you would see things and then it would go back and show you a little more um, with uh, the Huntress origin story, mm-hmm. um, which she does get a little short change, like she's not in the movie that much. Um, and, and I kind of miss that because by the end you finally get to really see her, who her character is. Yeah. And I like that the, her portrayal is she's this nervous, like antisocial, like can't fit in mm-hmm. character because she spent all of her time just learning how to kill. Yeah. So if it would, hopefully if if there's a sequel, we'll get to see more of uh, that performance. I, I think there still will be. I mean, obviously we still have the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, and it would. I have a feeling this movie might play for a long time. Um, I think once word of mouth gets around, it might have some legs. Yeah, because it, it is disappointing that it didn't have a bigger opening. But again, it almost made thirty-five million. I mean, that's not a horrible opening. It's also like early winter, and it's yeah. an and it's an R-rated comic book movie, which yeah. like those those aren't always supremely tested. Like I think Deadpool was kind of like, was it expected to be as big a hit as it was? Really? Or no? But you know, it's you always. The problem that Harley Quinn has too is it has baggage, because um, you know you got a bunch of fans who don't like the new character design. Yeah, um, she's a female. Like Deadpool has a built-in male audience. Exactly. Oh, uh, that that is fair. Yeah, and you know, I, did, I actually I thought like the costume designs in the movie were great. Yeah, uh, I, I think um, the, you know the uh, the jester costume for Harley Quinn. Would have never translate well on no. in the movie. They showed it in Suicide Squad yeah. for like one shot, right? Yeah, and and she looks definitely better than the booty shorts in Suicide Squad. You know, it, it fits her personality a lot. Yeah. And she, I mean, Margot Robbie is freaking amazing. I, she is such a great actress. She is a living cartoon in this movie, and I fucking love it. Yeah, and you know, it's it's, it's parts in the film where you just have so much fun. Where, you know, she gets drunk and blows up Ace Chemicals, <laughs> and she just wants the uh, the sandwich. And yeah, then the, the part oh. with, like, falling in love with that sandwich, that sandwich. Like, is one of the, my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Yeah. Just, like, her her acting, the the amount of joy you just yeah. see in her expression for, like, that sandwich. Which, which is even great. They cut in the trailer of her crying. Yeah. It was her dropping the sandwich. Yeah. The amount of pain. Oh, that poor woman. Um, but, that, but that scene's so fun because... Um, you know, it's why does this guy hate me? And it's like possible grievance. And it's yeah. oh yeah, because I broke his legs. Um, it's like flipping through a rolodex on one of the characters. <laughs> like, yeah, um, but she is so good in the film too because she goes all over the place. You know, there's where she's hanging out with uh, Cassandra Kane, and they shoot that bomb into her uh, upstairs apartment, and she thinks her uh, hyena is killed, and she's upset about it, and uh, it's it's just really she's a tour de force. I. And, and she is a great Harley Quinn. There's a line in the movie that I love. It's such a small line. It's, I don't know if it's my favorite line, but it's a line that like kind of sells me this film really well. Is um, they're in? She's introducing Cassandra to the apartment, and she's saying, like, oh, this is my hyena. I named him after that hunky guy, Bruce Wayne. Um, mm-hmm. And then Cassandra Kane's going, like, what's this? And it's a you know it's a stuffed beaver, and she just goes, "That's a beaver." Yeah. <laughs> she just walks away, and I'm just like, yeah. and then that beaver keeps showing up in almost every scene imaginable. So if you're a big Harley Quinn fan like me, uh, yeah, see, I'm not. There's so. so many Easter eggs in this. All the costumes she wears, uh, that beaver in the comic is called Bernie, and it talks to her. Oh, so he has like thoughts in the comic. So they don't. You hear her say, "Oh yeah," like he's talking to her. 
in the comics they do add um bernie's thought bubbles bernie's bernie's thoughts to her um oh it's uh and like all her costumes do you see the arlene sorkin in the clown yeah. costume like on the tv in the background yep. yeah yeah it's 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 awesome and um, I even got to Ewan McGregor. He plays like the oh. Black Mask is so good. He made Black Max, Mask interesting. Yeah. Like I always thought that character's lame. Like, oh, cool, black skull guy in a suit, whatever. Yeah. But his like, he's so sadistic. Yeah, and he has like a germaphobe, but not in a over. You pick up that he's a germaphobe a little later in the film. Like yeah. it's not. Um, they don't make it cartoony that Me- he's that way. And he's writing a line between comedy and terror. Like it's it's almost like he's he's. Uh, perfecting what's been good about like the overt villains like Jack Nicholson as Joker, like why people are attracted to those, and he kind of rides that line of like terrifying but charismatic. Yeah, because it's uh, uh, like the the lady who plays Black Canary is great too. Because mm-hmm. um, he has that one scene with like, I can't remember the exact wording where he's taking her around. Are you showing his, her? Yeah, he says. Ooh, these are like a thousand years old. You know? <laughs> and now it's in my living room. <laughs> yeah. It's just really cool. And um, his character is really interesting. And he gets an, I, I'll tell you, it's one of my favorite bad guy deaths in a movie because it's very quick and to the point with that grenade. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised. <laughs> I like, stole your ring. <laughs> you know, people hate that DC kills off their villains and they go ahead and kill off two of them in this movie. But yeah. yeah. And you know, that uh, scene where she's on her roller skates chasing him, that car chase scene is so those awesome. stunts were great, dude. And she has this great moment where she's beating those dudes up in the um, police evidence room, and she throws her uh, bat down, and it hits him in the face and bounces back to her. And yeah, and when all like the choreography of them teaming up in the funhouse, yeah, I love that. Uh, it's it's actually it was a fun moment. Like my theater guy, I I was at a nine o'clock screening at nine. Like there's not that many people, but where they were enthusiastic about it. And a great moment is uh, Montoya. Is like she smells like shit because she's had garbage thrown onto her. She's like, is, any, is there any T-shirt in Lost and Found? And it cuts to the next scene, and the shirt she's wearing is um, like, I shaved my balls for this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just really good, like way that it's timed and revealed. It's um, everybody in this movie fucking rocks it, man. Yeah, Stephen Williams from Jason Goes to Hell makes an appearance. Yeah, um, and yeah, and yes, I agree with Brad. Shame on people for not coming out to see this movie because it's it's pretty. Damn I think cool. they will. I, I think it's gonna have. A lot of legs. I think the word of mouth is going to help push it, dude. I want to go back. Like, oh no, I'm gonna, I think I'm seeing 40x. It's weird. Yeah, like, I want to do too. Like, I see the Deadpool comparison like after the fact, but when I was in the moment with it, it was just more like, man, this is like an Acme cartoon come to life. Like yeah. the way I would have like seen like a Saturday morning cartoon just unfold and unpack itself, and um, and all, oh, I love her relationship with the guy at the restaurant until it's inconvenient for him to have a relationship <laughs> yeah. with her. And he just says, it's you're, it's too much money. Yeah. They're, they're offering more, more new restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also want to give props to whoever did the CGI on the hyena. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, totally I, heard convincing. I heard they used a real dog and then they added the CGI to the dog. Makes sense. That's what, like, yeah. instead of recreating the whole thing from scratch, like. <laughs> that was a great grievance fed brother to hyena <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah hack man oh, oh my god so if you're listening at home uh we're watching people dressed up as cats from cats walking out on stage for the oscars i think one of them is james gordon and the other is rebel wilson i think yeah oh god that looks better than the CGI. Leonardo DiCaprio looks confused. 
<laughs> oh, oh my god! Did they just yes. throw their own movie under the bus? Do Ooh, it! Wow! Ouch. Wow! You know what? I love every time they cut to Rita Wilson. She's having fun. <laughs> Good right, for visual effects. That uh, is a weird way to go about it. Oh yeah. For visual effects, uh, Ryan actually picked The Lion King. Uh, James, me, and Zach picked 1917, and then Corinne and Henry went with The Irishman. Uh, and then, as far as what we would have chose, all of us would have chosen Endgame, yeah. except for Zach, who also split it with The Irishman. Yeah, mm-hmm. now I because I I do like those visual effects in the Irishman. So I'm the only one who picked Lion King. Mm-hmm. This is where I can make up, <laughs> so we can gain some ground. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like I oh fuck spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> hey kids, want to see a guy's face get peeled off? Oh, I love that character. Hey, hey, but guys, the dead speak. <laughs> Fuck. Wait, what did what, what did I have again? 1917. Okay, cool. So I well, I just lost. That was my that was my wild card. That's my so ace now. Moment. So now no Oscars for Endgame though. Yeah, that sucks. I, I will say like I because I split it with I split it with that and Irishman for two reasons. One is I think Irishman does have good visual effects, but Avengers Ryan gave me this wonderful moment thanks to its visual effects and its acting with Avengers Assemble. Mm-hmm. Just some great stuff. And also, now cinema and cinema are together in my winning list. <laughs> they are forced to be together now. <laughs> like a stupid uh, comedy. I mean, it, for me, it's really like Brie Larson's hair. That was CGI, and that was amazing. <laughs> that was CGI, really? Yeah. Holy shit. Lovely. And also, I think like Ruffalo's performance in an Endgame, like... A lot of CGI is required, but like it's the most emotional I've ever felt mm-hmm. for the Hulk. Like I, I would think so. Yeah. Quick score update: uh, Ryan has ten, James has seven. Uh, it's a three-way tie now between Brad, Zach, and Henry for, with eleven, and Corinne is now down at the bottom with six. Mm. Man, I could have just leapfrogged everybody. Fudge! I have two seconds. You guys keep thing. this going. <laughs> All right, makeup and hairstyling is up next, and three of the nerds picked Bombshell, mm-hmm. two of them picked Judy, and one went me- with Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. I think I went with Judy. But, uh, you yeah. went with Bombshell. Oh, I did. With, with Henry Bombshell. and James, Judy is Ryan and Corinne, and I went with the wild card, Maleficent. I might be thinking of Judy because I I do want to watch that movie, but I would assume that that makeup would help her performance. But... Given the choice, though, uh, James and Ryan would give it to bombshell i would give it to knives out mm-hmm. uh you would give it to scary stories to tell in the dark i and i will stand by that to the test of time though henry would do joker and corinne did not pick actually the makeup in 1917 is pretty good because <laughs> the way that they have to i mean i'd probably help with vfx but the way this face drains yeah it's probably just vfx uh yeah but it's still really good ah there we go well there you go oh no ryan Ryan, oh no. He wanted Bombshell to get it, but he picked Judy. Ah. So ah. Zach and Henry are still in the lead. And James James gains a so little this ground. So this is this is going to be this is going to be the show that determines whether Henry knows more or I know more, and the answer is probably Henry. So wonderful guy. You blew it again, Ryan. You blew it. <laughs> you, had, you had a chance to gain and you picked Judy over Bombshell for Four. makeup. For makeup, should have gone with your gut, man. I picked Judy. Yeah, I must have not read that one right. I think I meant to pick Bombshell. Mm. Did I pick Bombshell as the one that I wanted to win. It's the one you wanted to win. That's what I'm saying. Ah, fuck. 
It's okay. Corinne fell down with you. Oh, good. <laughs> so now Zach and Henry are back in the lead, so. Fuck those guys. <laughs> oh, hey, Zach. <laughs> no, I'll get to your face. Fuck you, Zach. Okay, fine. That's fine. I had it coming. I wonder if Cadillac is a sponsor of the Academy Awards. I don't think so. I mean, they can't be that obvious, right? <laughs> Where were we on the review? Oh, oh, um, so, I mean, yeah. yeah we, I think we talked about it all, didn't we? We pretty much pretty, pretty set on it. Like, I, I'm wondering what a sequel looks like. And it's only because, like, I, as I said up front, I'm not, like, a reader of Harley, Harley Quinn or even Birds of Prey. Like, up until recently, I thought Birds of Prey was just some TV show that they made in the early 2000s. So. You know, it's interesting. It's If I remember right, I think, I, I think I'm kind of right on this one. I, I haven't read them in a long time. Harley Quinn had a series in uh, like 2000 to 2002, her original series. And the last three or four issues were about a little girl who um, uh, steals a diamond and she betrays her. Um, and it's uh, it's actually a really sad story because um, she makes the little girl go blind and everything. So I think they kind of ad- adapted that one a little bit mm. um, because she does go through, you know, she's going to turn, turn her over because she's saving herself and, but what's cool is I think towards the end of this film, it, they set Harley up to be a, you know, a hero where, um, you know, because that last scene where she takes care of Black Mask and um, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I think if they adapted Mad Love or something for uh, with Batman, the Joker and Harley Quinn, I think would be a really cool thing to do. Oh, by the way, who's playing the henchman, uh, Black Mask henchman? Uh, what's his what's the henchman? Zaz. 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 Like, he's menacing. He's got a nice menace yeah. to him. Got I, think, I think Zaz might be the most featured villain in like DC movies. Maybe, yeah. Or in like not just in TV shows because he was in he was in Gotham. Yeah, he was in the Nolan ones. He was in this one. Um, well, I wonder if it's because he's easy to use because he's a like a killer. He's just yeah. a yeah. He's I mean, just a straight up serial serial killer. Yeah. That's his whole act is. Who was Zaz in the dark in the Dark Knight trilogy? He's on trial. I think in yeah. Batman Begins. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then that's uh-huh. a and he's he's in. Uh, rises at the yeah. uh like the when it turns to like bane island or something oh yeah. like when it, where where you have scarecrow making judgments and shit or no he's part of it i think like, when oh, they, like he lets everyone out of black gate yeah oh yeah. okay 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 gotcha so the only difference is like in the nolan one they don't really show his um scars yeah um, he's, it's much more of a background aesthetic detail it's in his neck and everything but yeah they don't like lean into it whereas like in the comics he's usually shirtless and running around with yeah, with all, all those scars of the people yeah. he's killed on him. Oh, much like me. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, why haven't you arrested me? If, yet, you, should, if you get uh, Mortal Kombat 11, the Joker is pretty awesome in it. Oh. You, you know, looking for a fun character to play as. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'd like to see a sequel to this. But as you just reminded me, she, Margot Robbie is in the new Suicide Squad by James Gunn. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she has to be. She's the most popular character. Yeah, I guess I wonder how they're going to ext- like continue the character. I don't know. I think they're filming it already, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah. them. Like, he's posting stuff. I saw a tweet on... from James Gunn that says, like, they're, like, two minute, two months away from finishing it. Oh, wow. So. Like, for, for, for post. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like, filming, principal photography will end. And then they'll probably do post and maybe come back for some reshoots. and Yeah. But yeah, the film did a very good job at introducing a novice like me to something like that pro- concept, and I'm definitely interested in it. So, yeah, it's really dynamics. All right, here we go for international feature film. So, if Parasite doesn't win. Do we just stop? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we 
we riot. Uh, real quick, uh, as far as our scoring goes, everyone chose Parasite <laughs> for what they would pick. I do want to see. Get. I want to see Honeyland. This thing looks great. Um, Les Miserables. I heard that the French film that should have been nominated was Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which was on Henry's list for Film Explosion. And I want to see this because Antonio. Parasite just won Best International Feature. Um, that all get unanimously. We all get points for that one. But does that cancel out its chances for Best Feature? I think so. Yeah. Because what other movie, the Roma happened? Well, you know, it's funny. Roma last year got Best International Feature and Best Director. Yeah. So we might see a repeat of that this year. Yeah. Where they split it, but then they give 1917 Best Picture. That's the that's the thought process that's been happening. Or my theory, which is that we just all give it to Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, as a surprise twist that you didn't expect. You know, it's always surprising to me when they say, this is the first time a woman's ever conducted the orchestra in 92 years At in the, the Academy Oscars, yeah. And it's always, what fascinates me is for how progressive Hollywood likes to pretend they are. They're still so far behind on stuff like this. Yep. So for original scores, um, again, a lot of us are unanimous. Uh, well, that's not what unanimous means. So all of us chose Joker, except for James, who was giving it to Little Women. Um, given our own choices, it's quite a mixed bag. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ryan went with Joker. Uh, James went with Endgame. I went with Ford v. Ferrari. Uh, Zach went with us. Yep, Michael Abels. Robbed. Henry went with 1917, and Corinne gave it to Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. That's fair. It's his birthday today, by the way. Happy birthday, John Williams. I know you're not listening to this show. He is. He is? He told me. Oh, sweet. He's not listening to it. He's conducting it. He's going to score this episode, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I hope he makes my theme the stupidest theme. It will be. (laughs) Just a lot of clowns, horns, and shit. Yours is going to be like the Peter Griffin theme. <laughs> family Guy. <laughs> I always wish I had my own theme song. <laughs> <laughs> now play well, Fat Guy Tubers. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I can't shut it off. <laughs> I, I picked the Joker one because I thought it was the best uh, delivering the emotion of the movie. Mm. I picked Joker just because I think that person won the Golden Globe. Is that right? It's a very good score, and I do think she has written some a significantly great piece of music, so I think it should win um, amongst the nominees. I do think Thomas Newman's score for 1917 is also fantastic, too. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think yeah, everyone nominated is pretty good. And what's interesting, like Thomas Newman has never won. He's, like, he's multiple, but he has never won this award, so... I love how the conductor, too, she changed from smiling to, like, not happy. So if there's listening at home, Joker just took uh, the Oscar for Best Original Score, uh, giving everyone another point except for James, because he's a dum-dum who is, went with Little Women. Is this Joker's first win for the night? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think wow. so. Uh, next is Original Song, Brad. Best Original Song, The Real Nerds, again, uh, everyone but James went for... I'm Gonna Love Me Again by Rocket Man. James went with uh, I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away for Toy Story. Hmm. Um, given our own choices, um, only Ryan chose the Rocket Man song. James and I went with Toy Story. Um, 
Henry and Corinne went with the song from Frozen 2. And then Zach, what's Do Dilly Do, A Friend Like You? That's the song at the end of Fro- Missing Link, my friend. Ah. Yeah, it's a very wonderful song at the end of that movie that expresses friendship. Woo! Elton John's shoes, those are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> He's wearing like neon yellow and neon pink shoes. Like Nikes or something? Or? Maybe. So among what's left, uh, really, no one can gain any ground in the actor or actress categories. Because <laughs> everyone picked the same thing except for James. Well, those are... Uh, That's those, what you get for not watching movies all year, James. Yeah, and those... Hell yeah! Is that Spike Lee from Grand Budapest Hotel? <laughs> and Spike Lee looking fly in his nice suit. Best director's up. That... We have best director uh, Ryan, Brad, Henry, and Zach have all chosen 1917. Uh, Corinne went with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. James went with Parasite. Given our own choices, Parasite is Henry and Corinne's choice and Zach's. But also Zach tied with another thing. I swear to God. And us. <laughs> Just say us. Yeah, us, yeah. Um, I picked, uh, I would have given it to Anthony and Joe Russo for Avengers. Uh, James went with Knives Out. Oh, wow. Bong. Wow. Uh, Hell yeah. While I was talking, Bong Joon-ho won Best Director for Parasite. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You fucking dickhead. But then that means we all lost points. Uh, Yes, we all. No, James picked up a point. (laughs) Oh, because he picked. He picked Parasite. Really? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't his his personal choice was Knives Out. Oh, but he thought, yeah. But okay, he yeah. anticipated the Academy would go for right. So only <laughs> he doesn't even expect he didn't even expect to win. Good for him. <laughs> he just dropped Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. <laughs> Bong Joon Ho is a badass, guys. We need to just here we go. Best actor. Like I said, uh, this isn't going to decide anything, but uh, I will tell you that everyone but James picked Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. Well, who did he pick? James went with Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. I would love that to be the case, but it's not going to happen. Um, I guess James could pick up two points, but uh, he would... Uh, I don't know if he'd catch up. Uh, as far yeah, as wh- That's a funny joke. As far as what we would have picked... Um, Ryan still went with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, James would rather have Adam Driver. I picked Robert Downey Jr. because I'm the biggest Robert Downey Jr. fan. You son of a bitch. Uh, Zach went with Eddie Murphy, and then both uh, Henry and Corinne with, went with uh, Adam Driver as I, well. I stand by my decision. Eddie Murphy made me cry. <laughs> if Joaquin Phoenix wins, is it the first time an actor's won an award for playing the same character? I think so. Yeah, yeah. So the Oscar goes to Joker, which uh, leaves James out for another point. Yeah. All right, Best Actress. Um, actually, uh, there are t- uh, two well, um, deviances from the norm. Uh, James and Corinne went with Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. Uh, well, the rest of us expect Renee Zellweger to take it for Judy, so let's find out. Yeah. Nice. Interesting. <laughs> it's hard to talk after Joaquin Phoenix's speech. I know. I feel like a piece of shit. Freaking, <laughs> yeah, dude. I feel like an asshole. Um, given the choice, given our own choices, um, 
Ryan and Henry would have would pick uh, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. James and I would have given a nomination to Anna de Armas for Knives Out. Good. Uh, Zach would have taken Lupita Nyong'o for Us. Fuck yeah. And Corinne would have given uh, Shersha Ronan for Little Women. That's also a good fuck yeah. So with Renee Zellweger winning Best Actress, uh, uh, James and Corinne drop a point. Okay. So Jane Fonda is here to present the... I'm assuming the final award would be our Best Picture winner. Yeah, it looks like they're going to end right on time. Yeah. Yeah, who's, who's directing the show this year is doing a bang-up job. I mean, I will say now for um, our timer here, we are at three hours and 20 minutes recording time, which we started at the Oscar start time. All right, for Best Picture, right now, uh, three of us are have chosen 1917 to come home with it. Corinne has chosen The Irishman, and James and myself are expecting Parasite, so... Mm. Mm. Well, like I said, I did a recalculation of the scores, and Henry is actually up one on every uh, on Zach. So, oh, great! So, um, Ooh. Henry's smarter than I am. How how did how is he one above me when we were tied for so long? Uh, I recalculated. I just said that. Oh, uh, okay. I I, I I must have missed around because everyone was missing a point. Oh, gotcha. And then he just I, apparently I sorted him one at some point. Hmm. Come on, Jojo. Rabbit. Did the Irishman <laughs> win any awards? No, it didn't. I didn't think it was going. I figured this would be a Gangs of New York scenario all over again. I really hope I'm wrong. This is like the first time. I'm like, I'm kind of interested because I don't know what they're going to do. Holy crap. (laughs) They just gave the international language film best picture. Why don't you like stop for a second? I don't get that. Because this has never been done before in 92 years, Brad. That's why you stop. And she's an actress, she'll give the right dramatic cue. <laughs> I feel like you should always turn the card at the end just to prove that <laughs> Yeah, now you have to. Yeah, especially after happening. Warren Beatty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love his translator. <laughs> yeah. She is on point. Wow. <laughs> All right, so that's it. Uh, Parasite is the best picture of the year, and that gives a point to James and Brad. Yep. So who wins then? I guess it's still Henry. Um, probably Henry, but I will do another calculation just to make sure uh, after this commercial. Right on. But wow, history was made tonight, guys. So I'd also like to take a second to uh, acknowledge the people who wrote in on our uh, on our voting. Uh, they weren't the nerds. Uh, Mike Henderson. Um, I'll just do uh, what they would have picked. Okay. Since we know what the fi- the results are now. Uh, Mike was uh, Mike's pick for best picture was 1917, best director Todd Phillips for The Joker, Adam Driver in Marriage Story for actor, Charlize Theron in Bombshell for actress, Al Pacino in The Irishman for supporting, Scarlett Johansson and Jojo Rabbit for act- supporting actress, Ryan Johnson for Knives Out and, and original screenplay, Taika Waititi and Jojo Rabbit for ad- for adapted, Parasite for international, Toy Story 4 for animated feature. The Cave for documentary feature, Hildur Guanadetur, I think is how you say that for Joker and original score. Yes. Stand up, uh, stand up and Harriet for original song. Uh, Glenn Wise directed this Oscars. Good job. Good job, Glenn. <laughs> would you, would you say he should win the Emmy now for best director of these ceremonies? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Roger Deakins' 1917 cinematography, 
Um, Ariane Phillips once spent time in Hollywood for costume design. Michael McCusker and Andrew. I gotta extend this screen. Darn it. And Andrew Buckland for Ford v Ferrari and editing. Uh, he did not pick a makeup. Uh, Jojo Rabbit for production design. Ford v Ferrari for sound editing. Ford v Ferrari for sound mixing. And Mike is a sound engineer, so um, he agreed with the Academy. Nice. Yeah. On and half me, of those. Which is <laughs> yeah. perfect. Um, end game for visual effects. Um, and then he did not pick any of the animated shorts, live action shorts, or documentary shorts. Uh, Jerry Molawai. Is that how you say his name? Jerry. <laughs> Chose Joker for Best Picture. Greta Gerwig for Best Director. Adam Driver, Best Actor. Cynthia Erivo, Best Actress. Tom Hanks, Supporting Actor. Margot Robbie, Supporting Actress. Fast Color for Original Screenplay. Greta Gerwig, uh, Adapted Screenplay. Uh, Parasite, International Feature. Uh, did not pick a animated feature. Uh, Edge of Democracy for Documentary, John Williams for Score, Stand Up for Harriet for Original Song, Robert Richardson, Cinematography, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Macy Rubio, Jojo Rabbit, Costume Design, Yang Jinmo for Parasite, Editing, uh, Maleficent, Makeup, 1917 Production Design, for v Ferrari, Sound Editing, and Mixing, Endgame for Special Effects, Visual effects, uh, daughter for animated short, brotherhood, live action short, St. Louis Superman documentary short. And finally, thank you, John Arbogash, who chose The Irishman as the best picture, Todd Phillips, best director, Joaquin Phoenix, best actor, Renee Zellweger, best actress, Al Pacino, supporting actor, Kathy Bates, supporting actress, Sam Mendes, and Christy Wilson. And I need to extend this window. Hang on. <laughs> Christy Wilson Cairns, 1917, original screenplay. Stephen Zellian, The Irishman, for adapted screenplay. Lately, Miserable, international feature. How to Train Your Dragon, uh, animated feature. <laughs> uh, American Factory, documentary feature. Thomas Newman's for original score, 1917. I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away, original song, Toy Story 4. Roger Deakins, 1917, cinematography. Jacqueline Duran. Little Women, uh, Costume Design, Jeff Groth for Joker, in Editing, Joker in Makeup, 1917 Production Design, 1917 Sound Editing and Sound Mixing, Star Wars for Visual Effects, The Rise of Skywalker, Hair Love, Animated Short, The Neighbor's Window, Live Action Short, and Learning to Skateboard in a War Zone, If You're a Girl, Documentary Short, and that did win. Nice. Nice. Thanks everybody. I love when I'm suddenly glad uh, more people didn't write in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm. Uh, but I'm always thankful for when people do. Yeah. Um, and then what were the final results for us? Um, still calculating. So why don't you guys give some commentary on the night? I guess. Well, Ryan, um, I don't know. Yeah. What did you think of the play-by-play well, play going <laughs> on here? Well, Zach, you know, I, I've never seen you so excited to watch something, and it was. <laughs> pretty interesting i love the oscars man like, i know I've, I ha- I've never seen someone cheer for oscars before dude I, I i've always done this since i was a kid i will continue to do it till the day i die this award ceremony could piss me off sometimes but damn it i still love it what um, about it do you love so much i don't know just when you're when you're a young kid and you're kind of learning about like you know you like movies but you don't know how to quantify it the oscars were an early way to kind of help me qualify like oh you can get excited about these things in ways just beyond watching it 
um, and, and appreciate the craft and the level of involvement that goes into the making of these films. Like the technical categories always fascinated me. Um, but I, I mainly got invested with it because Lord of the Rings, when it was nominated, you're a kid and you see something like Lord of the Rings, like even at the age of 10, you're just like, well, I want to see this win everything, right? And then you spend three years not seeing it win until the last minute. So. Yeah, yeah, I grew up with the Oscars, too. Um, it, it helped me appreciate the, the technical side of films, mm-hmm. you know, um, the sound mixing, the sound editing. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes people don't even know what the difference is, but when you study it then you pick up the nuance in film i think it's really impressive uh it really became a tradition for my wife and i because um we were on our honeymoon and we start we watched it when we were on our honeymoon yeah um so it's kind of a thing we always do and i still think it's one of the loveliest parts of your marriage is that you guys do that every year yeah except for this year she's doing homework and (laughs) podcasting but (laughs) she's right there hi laura (laughs) that's okay she's uh working hard she's a my wife is the hardest working person i know so That's why she's a badass. That's right. Um, but yeah, and also, like, I mean, what, I don't know, like, it's just, like, every year, like, there, there was a particular year where I got, like, heavily invested in its importance, and it was when uh, The Aviator, because The Aviator was the first Scorsese movie I ever saw. Really? And I was like, oh, I loved this movie. Like, it's about old Hollywood. It's got Leonardo DiCaprio flying all those planes around. Like, it was just, like, a fun experience, like... And like it was just an experience. It was one of those few movies I go to see my with my mom, so I really appreciated it. So I was like, I want this to win Best Picture. And then some growling old man mm. <laughs> won the Oscar that year for Million Dollar Baby, and it upended my thought process. And then Crash won the next year, and I was like, well, this is ridiculous. Yeah, because Crash is garbage. Yes, it is. Uh, and Good Night and Good Luck deserved to win that year, or or, or Brokeback Mountain. Either of those picks yeah. I could have gone with. Um, but, and then when the departed also was like one of those Oscars, like, Oh my God, a movie that I loved actually won best picture. Like occasionally our tastes match up. Yeah. I mean, my biggest grievance was always going to be the English patient, but from 96 or for 96 actually. Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah, it's actually, uh, was that, was that your first ceremony? What would you have been your first ceremony? Uh, where you like really got invested in it, I guess. No, I don't remember. No. To tell you the truth, I um, think we saw the Titanic one, but I, yeah, don't I mean, remember. I've seen the Titanic. I remember the Titanic one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to go back and think about it. I know you're a little older than me, but were you watching the Titanic one, going like, "They better not give it to that boat movie"? <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, I would have given it to what else came out? Oh, Goodwill Hunting, ninety-seven. I mean, Jackie Brown, the greatest motion picture of all time. No. Um, um, I don't know. Full Monty was out. That's a fun movie. Yeah. Um, I guess Goodwill Hunting. If you don't have Titanic in there, Goodwill Hunting probably gets it. almost it. has to be, right? Yeah. It still is a good movie. And when you watch the clip of um, uh, Affleck and Damon winning, it's still one of the most like, I think it's, cheery I ones. I saw a preview for his new movie before um, Harley oh, the, Quinn. The Way Back? Yeah, it looks really good yeah i i like seeing him play a role like that because it's um, almost true to life too because he you know he suffered from it as well yeah he's he's had multiple issues with sobriety yeah. um also another thing with the oscars is that it helps promote film history um regardless of like what they choose for a specific uh uh clip show or anything mm-hmm. like that like as we uh talked about two years ago i think is that, like toby hooper was ignored from the in memoriam but a clip from Texas Chainsaw Massacre was shown in a montage for yeah. horror movies. So, like, it it helps you learn about film, even just those isolated clips. And then you watch a clip, watch that whole movie, and then you learn about 15 other movies from just that movie. Yeah. So it's like an extension branch. And, like, 
you know, Leonard Maltin did an article uh, after the nominations, after um, everyone, including me, was whining about them. And he was just like, you know, there are like, you know, there like this is a this is a this doesn't exclude the other good choices out there. Like these are just the the opinions of a select group of people who have yeah. been invited. So, um, all right, I have final totals. All right, the final totals. All right, and um, the nominees are Zach for being stupid, Brad for being smart. Among the non-nerds, Mike Henderson won with ten. Nice. Uh, Jerry and uh, John each had eight. Um, now for the nerds, Corinne last by one point behind James at 10 points, James 11 points, followed by Ryan with 15 points. So a big gap between how many total categories are there? Uh, I don't know. Uh, don't worry about it. Yeah. I was just curious. <laughs> uh, so that leaves three more spots mm-hmm. with... Brad and Zach tied for 17, which mm. gives Henry the win by one point at ah, 18. Gotcha. Wow. No perfect scores, though. Yeah. So. That's really hard, though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, Although, uh, didn't, like, the one year the Alamo did the Oscar pool, didn't someone get a perfect score? You did that? Wait. No, wait. I was off by one. Yeah, I think you were off by one. I was yeah. off by one. I always have a margin of it's error. Still really good. So, yeah, that's it for. Uh, this yeah, episode, yeah. I mean, I was I was surprised I got as many as I did because I I was unsure about this year as opposed to other years. Um, and honestly, like, it feels like Parasite kind of put me on edge to be on second, but I'm so happy to be wrong because that's a really good Best Picture win, and it really really helps heal a wound from last year. That's for fucking sure. Especially since all like the negative things I read about like how Oscar voters don't pay that close attention like they don't watch enough of the movies and they don't this movie struck a chord with people i'm really happy that like it was able to go that distance like i said they don't always vote like for the actual quality of the award it's yeah favoritism or um yeah it's just pretty cool yeah and also like i mean like now granted there is a preferential ballot on best picture so i don't know how that calculates into this decision but this like this is just a wonderful overall choice and the fact that they were able to this the the winners of this picture were the first ones to be able to stop the music yeah at the oscars so yeah did not get played off uh thanks for listening yeah and next week will be a faster episode it's sonic hey bye Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.